So Billy D. Williams starts out the show narrating, and then Donald Glover comes in and is the voice of you know for the bulk of the episode, something like right. that. That makes you sense, know, like a yeah. How I Met Your Mother kind of thing. <laughs> um, but but Ted's already an adult. Why does he have a different voice? Because well, he turns into Bob Saget. So Mace Windu shows up in Force Lightning's <laughs> Ted and turns him into Bob Saget. <laughs> Episode 421. I'm sober. I mean Mike. And and I'm Michael. Welcome back, Michael. Look who nailed the audio transition. <laughs> With you staring at me and everything. Like, please get this one right. Please get the sliders right. Is he going to do it? Ever so slowly. Well, see, now we're ruining it by talking about it. Right. We, <laughs> we're just drawing attention how well you, you move those sliders around, buddy. This is weird because I'm looking directly at you. This is an angle I'm not accustomed to. Yeah, and you're, and now you don't you don't get to look directly at the monitor. You have to look at that that at an angle, which is yeah, better. Yeah, this it, it's weird. <laughs> you know, I'm a little... I'm a, now that I know... You know, y'all had me sitting in this straight back chair for all these other episodes at the end of the table... And the whole time, Craig got to sit here with this nice, spinny, rolly desk chair that I've that I've claimed now. <laughs> That's it's, your chair now. Now, huh? now, now it's, it, it'll be my butt print molded into the seat here. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have the crappy the crappy microphone arm anymore. Wait, one of those is crappy. The one the one with the twist eye on it. Why is that crappy? I don't know. But you, there's an episode where we talked about you have a twist eye on it, so you know that's the one you don't want to use. No, that's that's. <laughs> No, that's not what it was. The twist eye is there because that's the guest microphone. Because it's the crappy one. That's no. the one you get. <laughs> well, what? Where did this fourth one come from? Um, that was. Uh, has, has the show been doing that well? We've up to four. You have art- articulating mic stands now. I think that happened. Yeah, you must not have been here. I guess not. Since that, that happened probably. In well, definitely in between your last in studio appearance and yeah, COVID. This is this is my this is my first. It was a poorly timed expansion of yeah. the studio equipment. <laughs> <laughs> this this is my first trip back into the studio. Welcome the, back, Michael. Since the global pandemic, have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I heard something about something it. Something about yeah. it, right? Didn't affect your lifestyle that much, did it? Not really. <laughs> like, what's everybody complaining about? Mental health issues, being right. alone, staying inside. <laughs> Excuse me? There's, like, I love that half the country is like, hang on, can we keep this rolling? Can mm. we? Can we? Oh my God, yes. Sign up for number. sign up for, the, can I re-up for this one again? Can I? I mean, if anything, just for the whole work from home situation. Yeah. But you were, you, you were kind of doing that already, though. Yeah, it was a different transition for me because the the... The part of my job that involved going out and meeting with people was that was hard to lose because that, if nothing else, it, it was a limiting factor in my work that there's only so much of my work I can get to each week. And then I face, and then suddenly I had a situation where it's like, oh, everything in my work inventory is all equally workable at the same time. Yeah. Because they don't have to physically schedule these meetings. So I had to throw my whole process out and figure out how do I how do I do step one with three hundred things at the same time, yeah. and then how do I move three hundred things into step two altogether? <laughs> and it did not go well. And some of that stuff I was still dealing with by like, let's say everything started in end of end of March last year. Some of that stuff I was still dealing with in like September. Yeah, like six months. Yeah, like some of that stuff dragged on. 
Wow. You know, and I just kept chipping away at it, but it, it, you know, so that part of the job was tough to lose. And then, you know, and then around summer, last summer, I started getting back out on the road some, Sure. but then towards the end of the year, things kind of closed down again. It's just, it's been kind of a back and forth thing that's been tough to, but I've got friends that, you know, I, I have one friend that was told you're now you're now permanently work from home you don't ever have to come back so now she's like moving out of the city and she can move out nice. to the, move out to the suburbs you know and not have to drive to the office anymore my girlfriend doesn't have to at, at, she's at like the, can i get that in writing because i'm about to move out of my yeah, house and buy yeah. a new house outside the city and yeah like if my you mean, want me to come back you're gonna you know, have to pay <laughs> my girlfriend started a new job right at the beginning of the pandemic and was told you know when we're back in the office you'll go to this different building which was closer to where she lived. Which okay. was, and we were like, oh, that's going to be good when everything opens back up. But and as far as we can tell, as as we can tell she's never going back into that <laughs> at all anyway. Yeah. You know, and she, she's, and she said at first she really missed being around people. And now she's like, I could keep doing this. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are dealing with that. I had one friend that did have to start going back into the office pretty early last year and told me she was like, she was like, I'm crying about this every day. Yeah. I, I love being at home so much. Yep. I love not dealing with traffic. And I love she's like and I and I, I I would keep doing this forever if I could, but I can't. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good work if you can get it. The yeah. working from home. Yeah. Yep. You know. And they'll be and I guess, you know, that's gotta be probably a competitive thing now as you, as, as companies are competing for talent. That's probably a thing that more companies are gonna start offering. Yeah, because And companies are gonna figure out we don't need all this office space that we're currently dealing with the overhead from. Yep. Yep. So you know, which I mean I I mean if I think if you're younger and you've been in the workforce a while, you figured out for a while, like most of this stuff could be done remotely. <laughs> like most of these people do not need to drive here. No, you know, they don't. Yeah. That was a big, that's a big thing in my industry. Yeah. The AEC industry, which stands for architecture, engineering, engineering and, and construction. construction. Yeah. See architects, engineers are better. They're more pragmatic. Yeah. They're numbers, you know, mm-hmm. one plus one equals two. The bridge stays up. Yeah. If one plus one doesn't equal two, it falls down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and let's do it. And let's do it the first way. It's very black and white. Let's do it the right? first way. <laughs> um, architects, though, love to hang on to the past. They won't admit this. Yeah. But they love to hang on to the past. They love tradition, even if traditions are stupid, inconvenient, and annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they insist that. What's what's a day to day example of that? Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay, good. Uh, they they insist that. Um, or they have been insisting that uh, what we do is a very collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, mentor and mentee relationships. You know, the older guard yeah. helping the youngsters mm-hmm. fresh out of school learn the trade, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, and that you need to be, you need to do all that in person. People, mm-hmm. everybody has to be sitting around a table drawing on trash paper, which is... You probably don't know what trash paper is. <laughs> I have an idea of what it's used for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of it ends up in the round file. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's most of it's yellow. Mm-hmm. I like the white because who okay. wants to draw on yellow paper? Uh-huh. Um, lawyers, I guess. Uh, but it's very thin. It comes in rolls. Yeah. And so you can see through it. So you can trace on top of mm-hmm. other, other drawings and other things. Yeah. And uh, that's what you do all your sketches on. Mm-hmm. You're, well, at least that's what you're supposed to do all your sketches on around a table with other people. Yeah. But we've proven that we don't, we don't need to do that. And we've got what about 13 months yeah. 
of, of example of how it works yeah. without doing that. Yeah. And for a while last year, they were saying, oh, but, but architecture is very collaborative and we have mentors and mentees and we need to sit around a table and draw it and, and print in person. Yeah. And now they're starting to say, well, maybe maybe we don't need to do that as, as much, Yeah. which is eventually going to be we don't need to do that at all because we can do it with technology. As I've been proving the last couple of weeks at work. Mm-hmm. This lovely iPad that yeah. I have with the soundboard on it. Yeah, it looks great. That I bought to do drawings and then mm -hmm. only ever did a few drawings that I got paid a very small amount of money for. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's the whole thing about, you know, do do it, figure out how to get paid to do what you love. Yeah. So that you can no longer love that thing that you used to love exactly, to do. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So it can become the bane of your existence. <laughs> right. So I bought this to encourage with the Apple Pencil, which I don't have. It's downstairs. Um in my workspace because i've been using it for work yeah. instead of trash paper mm -hmm. i actually brought, brought the roll of trash paper home with the little plastic architectural scale you still have every and the markers that trash paper <laughs> i drew on it a little okay <laughs> and then i went wait a minute <laughs> why am i printing these things and getting the scale just right on the printer yeah and going wasting a bunch of paper and toner to get just the right thing yeah. to put on the table to lay the paper, the uh, trash paper over to trace on it with the marker. Yeah. When I could do it all digitally. You can just, you can just use two fingers and it's faster and just slide them on the screen and things get bigger or smaller. They zoom in or zoom out or so open. Here we go. It's Ooh. like, that's my work. That looks great. This is uh, you do that all digitally. That's all. Yeah. That's all digital. That looks that's, great. That's the, uh, see, all I did was I printed out the, uh, the topo, mm -hmm. the site survey. The topography. That's right. Okay. See, you know what I'm talking about. A little bit. And faded into the background and then drew on top of it. There you go. And I've got all these other, I've got, here, this is funny. I'll turn this one on. This is, this is the original. That's the one that somebody actually did by hand on yeah. yellow trash paper. And like you could, it's still <laughs> And I've got it in there and rotated and scaled it's, exactly it's, it's right still, so that I could fits fine. so that I could copy his work. Wow. <laughs> but oh then my gosh. I just go and I turn that layer off mm -hmm. and there's there my you stuff. Go. You know, I had a job in And I do. get to label everything in right. my handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> it's got color. It's not, you know, the scale yeah, it's close. Yeah, they asked me, "Is like, did you do? You, are you sure you put enough parking down here?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's close." Is and that... then and then I looked at it because they made the comment. Yeah, I looked at it a little bit more closely, and I was like, "Oh crap, I'm like thirty spaces short." <laughs> <laughs> you got to tighten up them lines a little bit, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, I added added an aisle here and stretched it there. And, oh man, you know, I had a job interview several years ago. Um, well, I mean, it was between that the this job and the job I have now, and so I interviewed okay. for this other job, and it was it was a good it was probably a good opportunity. It was it was a company that was building out it, its own internal department to do what I do, and I would have been the second hire for this department they were building, and the building was five minutes from my front door. Ooh. I mean, I didn't have to get on, I didn't have to get on a main road to get to this building. Like it was like a, a couple <laughs> side streets from my apartment complex. And I was there, you know, I mean, it, 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 it really was potentially a good opportunity. And I went in, I, I'd had a, I had a three tiered interview. I sat down with the HR people and then they walked me down to the president of the company. And then he walked me down to the, the, the guy that would have been my direct to ride the first hire in this department that they'd already, lined up and 
I was sitting in this guy's corner office, the, the, the who was the president of this company. You know, not the whole company. I mean, the, the this is a subsidiary of a larger company, but he was head guy in the building at least. Sure. And I was sitting there with him, and he was trying to like bad cop me. He was trying to like, I think he was trying to get me like off my off off my game or whatever. You know, he rattle was, you. Yeah, he was trying to see if he could rattle me. I think and to see and, how, to see how you responded to that. Yeah, and he really didn't rattle me at all. Like there was a point where he kind of relaxed and was like, "You sound like a great candidate." And I was like, "Okay, I guess well, are you done being a dick now?" But, <laughs> but one thing he explained to me is that you know I come from a I was come I come from kind of a work from home 1099 i work for my maybe i work for a couple different companies kind of background and he was telling me you know i know guys that come from you know from the fee companies and all that you know you're kind of used to do working at your own pace and making your own schedule and all that and he's like we don't we don't we don't do that here he was like everybody everybody is in here at 8 30 every morning everybody takes lunch at noon everybody's back at one o'clock and everybody leaves at five o'clock every day <laughs> And I was sitting there, and I was like, "That's not bad because that's only a seven and a half hour day." I don't. I, well, whatever it is, he said. The point. <laughs> the point is, he was saying it's like it's the, like this is not a flexible environment. This not at not. all. No. He he was an old school kind of guy, and you know, and and our and I left because, and I just remember thinking like, I don't feel like I want to work, and that kind of no, you know. But I also got a little self conscious about it because I thought like, well, but this is a real office. Like this is a real company this is a re- like lots of people well, everything you described before that sounded really good you know i mean lots yeah. of lots of people you know work in that environment and they do very well and that and there was a part of me that got kind of self-conscious of like is it a problem that i've kind of come from this more um self-starting self-paced self-motivated background you know is it um should i be trying to aspire to this more formal traditional professional setting you know I, I i come from a background where i might have whole work days where i don't i don't really put pants on you know what i mean because i mean it's just it's just because it's right. just me at home that day you yeah. know and this is the kind of thing where like everybody's in a, everybody's in a shirt and tie every day you know yeah. i remember thinking like is that is this something i should be aspiring to and i have a sister who's in, who's a hr uh, professional um at, okay. at, a, at a very big company very big job she's got um, and I called her and I was talking to her about, it and I was explaining to her, I was like, and, you know, it seems like a, a good opportunity and all. I just feel like that's an environment I wouldn't thrive in. And she was like, it sounds like it's probably not. And I was like, but is it a problem that I don't think I can work in that kind of environment? Like, is it, you know, does it, you're speaking my there, language. Some, I've had, there, I've had these exact yeah, thoughts. Like, is there something, is, does this my mean, whole is, professional is it, life? Is it that there's something deficient in me that I right. should what's, be able to do What's wrong with me that I can't you know, do what everyone else it, seems it, to not I, have a problem it, it's doing? It's like, am I lazy? Is that what this is? Or am I, what is it? You know, and she was saying like, it sounds, she told me it sounds like this is a boss that doesn't, that micromanages and doesn't empower his people and uh, probably doesn't trust his people. And she was like, I don't think it's a problem if you don't want to work in that kind of environment. And I said, well, it's just, it, it, and I told like, I feel like I'm getting to an age where I wonder if I can't work in that kind of a company now, then maybe I never could, or I couldn't adjust to it if I had to. Right. And she was like, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. And I, and she kind of got me to a place where it's like, it's okay that I didn't want to, to, to work for that company. Right. You know? And because I, I just, I had a, I, I was, I was a little self-conscious about it. I, you know, is it, is it that I don't want to grow up? Is that what's going on here? Or is it, and it turned out the job that I did end up taking was was you know I'm a I'm a 1099 kind of worker and I just work for this one company but I'm like one of their 
they tell me all the time I'm one of their best people. I have like the highest rate of their people to do what I do. Like it's been a great opportunity for me, a great company to work for. And so it was definitely the right call. Oh yeah. Sounds like it. But I, I was dealing with this kind of old school business mentality of like, you know, why aren't you at your desk at four fifty five in the afternoon? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, my work was done at three fifteen. You know what I mean? Like, why? <laughs> you know, and, and I, and now I feel like with a couple of years looking back on that and looking back at the last year, especially like, I think, I mean, things are trending away from that more traditional structure and environment, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to, you're not, that, that guy is not going to be able to compete for talent in the future because people aren't going to want to come and work in his, in his highly formal, highly stressful, highly structured environment where no one's empowered and no one has any flexibility because I can go down the street and they'll let, you know what I mean? They'll let me come in, you know, earlier in the morning if I want to, or later in the day and work right. later, they'll let me, you know, work from home or they'll let me, you know, yeah. have more of, I feel like the old school mentality is about that work-life balance kind of thing. And it's mo- and now it's more about work-life integration. It's more okay. like, how do I, you know what I mean? It's like, like I'm a guy that I might work at 10 o'clock at night and then I might not be working at two in the afternoon. Right. But then on Thursday, I mean, it might be the exact opposite. And I want that level of freedom in my life. Yeah. You know, that if I get my work done and you pay me for my work and then we go, our, you know, and then we, we shake hands like that's, you know, yeah. if you get done at three fifteen, you don't have to sit there. Exactly. And, you know, invent something yeah. to do for the next hour and 45 now minutes. The, now, the flip side of that, that a lot of people that have never worked in the kind of in the kind of environment that I get to work in, the flip side is that your work is always there. Yeah, you don't you don't get you don't get to leave it. You know, it's like if, you, if you're at home on the weekend, your work is there staring you in the face. If it's late at night, your work is staring you in the face. And there's always a party that's like, I could be working right now. If, if you're a motivated person, if you're a self-starter, there's always a big party that's like, I could be working right now. Yeah. There's a little bit of the... Yeah. There's a know, little bit of that. You kind of you, you you have to live with that. You turn away from the work desk and toward the TV, and you're, but you're thinking, there's a little yeah. twinge of guilt. Like, hmm. Yeah. There's a little... There's a little... I could, I could polish that turd a little more. You know? But oh, no, I mean... I mean, I mean <laughs> But it's just I like I, I like to be like Dwight at the mega desk. I like to be you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like I like business is here, gaming is over here, and my GameStop stock is over here. Oh, and mega I, desk. <laughs> I love mega that, desk. But that's kinda like, you know, I that I like to I like to have that. I like to zip over here and zip over there and I do this and I do that and no one's leaning over my shoulder what you know, wondering what I'm doing all day. <laughs> so so what you're saying is you're perfectly happy with 15 pieces of flair. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go to the thrift store to buy more buttons that you never look at. Yeah. Or read. Yeah. Just to pin on your suspenders to make the man happy. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> I just watched that last weekend. Really? Yeah. I need to show that. To, I need to add that to the list of, you know, my girlfriend's not from around here. She, she grew up um, over, you know, well, to her it was home, but to me it's overseas. But she grew up in another right. country. Sure. And she grew up um, without yeah. a lot of exposure to any pop culture, really. Um, she grew up in, a, in sort of that Asian environment of, like, you study all the time. Okay. Well, you're home at night. Why aren't you studying? Again, are, are it's you, the, yeah. yeah, your work's right it's like, there. It's like, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you reading that book for fun? Give me that book. Don't read, don't read for fun. Read for study. You know? Wow. Yeah. So she kind of came for that. So there's a lot of, I mean, she told me, she, I think she told me one time she hadn't really seen a movie until she got to college. Wow. And had the freedom in that. So, and so there's a lot of like traditional classic American Western pop culture that she's never had exposure to. So I've got the, a whole lot, I imagine. A whole lot. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, I, and so you get, you get to re, re 
experience for the first time exactly just about everything and we're and we're a covid cup we started dating right right as that's right shut down in the state so we did a we did a lot of her coming over and we ordered you know wings or whatever and watch a movie we did a lot of that and so because that's all you could do pretty much and you know and it's been on me to kind of couple i'm kind of wanting to show her movies that are like these are things everyone has seen you can so like you'll 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 pick up on references to this in other pop culture yeah. Like one of the first things I showed her was Back to the Future. Nice. And so now when Back to the Future references pop up elsewhere, she'll like nudge me and like realize that's a Back to the Future reference. You know, I, sh- I showed her Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. And there's Karate Kid references all over pop culture. Sweet the there's Leg. Miyagi references. Sweet yeah. the Leg references. All Paint the over. Fence. Sand the I Deck. Showed, I showed her a, a Steve Carell movie recently where um, he's telling um, another character, oh, you Miyagi'd me, didn't you? <laughs> I realized like if I hadn't shown her Karate Kid already, she wouldn't there's get that so reference many- at all. So many jokes are yeah, and I remember such stopping... a large percentage of our jokes exactly God. are built off of what's come before exactly. in pop and I, culture. And I remember when I was showing her the Karate Kid in the scene where Miyagi is like, "Show me paint the fence, show me you know wax the car." Whatever. I remember stopping to her like, "You're going to see this reference a lot of other places because this is the idea of someone teaching you something and you don't realize you're being taught. Yep. You're going to see this. You're going to see this come up other places. This is what the reference is." This Miyagi thing. So you, you've, you've approached this, the, the introduction of these things based yeah. on how helpful is this going to be for all of the other pop culture yeah, and I kinda, she's going to get exposed to. And I look at it, too, from a standpoint of, like, you know, you can talk to, like, you, you, can, you can talk to people about this. You know, like, when you meet people, there's some common mods that they, they will have seen this. Yep. They will have seen Back to the Future. They will have seen Karate Kid. They will have seen... You know, I've, I've shown her, I showed her Apollo 13 last week. Like, everybody's seen Apollo 13. Yep. Everybody's seen it. You know what I mean? And so... Houston, we have a problem, which is not what he actually said. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, you know, but, and then I'll, and I'll, sometimes in these movies, like, an iconic line like that, I'll tell you, like, that's a really iconic line, by the way, Houston. Like, you'll hear people say, like, Houston, we have a problem all the time. Just reference something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. So, Houston, we have a problem. This is what they're referring to. You know, and she picks up on those things. And it's fascinating to watch things freshly through her eyes, you know, that she hasn't seen before. Yep. And so... That's always fun. Yeah, to get kind of enjoy things over again. I got to do that with my nephew when he came to visit with my sister. I imagine people right with kids... Right before COVID. It, I imagine that's what it's like for people with kids. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. I've never had kids. I imagine that's what it's like, is getting to introduce someone you love to the things that you love, you know? Yep. And hopefully they understand what you love about them, you know? Hopefully they don't, you know... Like, can I just go to my room and play on my phone? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me that phone. Who, who gave you a phone? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I was trying to find out, like, where did Megadesk come from? Well, it was it was when Jim first came back from... Um... St. Patrick's Day is the episode, it says. Yes. Because Jim had been away, and Pam both oh. had been away. Sixth season. Okay. Yeah. It's not because t- it's when it's when Pam has um, Cece. Okay, and they both been away. They they're, they've both been away on maternity and yes. paternity leave, and, and he Jim, makes some kind Jim of crack come, about. Jim comes back and finds Dwight has just co-opted both of their desks. <laughs> <laughs> once for work, once for gaming, and what, what's security, the third one? For? Security. He's oh, got the security, security cameras okay. up on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> now, has he bought the building at this point yet, or does that happen uh, later? I think that happens later. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I think it's after his it's it's after his first stint as manager. Okay, I could be wrong about that. Office is another thing I've been showing her, but we've left off. Um, we're we're right up to where Michael is about to to leave with Holly. 
and we left off. End there. of the seventh season. Yeah, because I guess because that's when they pulled it off of Netflix. Oh, and they put it on Peacock, and I've just now, I think just this month, I have a Peacock subscription because Peacock bought the rights to wrestling pay per views. Okay, so I have to have a Peacock account to watch wrestling now. Now, can you not so watch? That, so that frees up the ten bucks I was spending on the wrestling streaming service. There you go. And now NBC gets that it. ten bucks, so I get wrestling and The Office again. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I was telling my I was telling her like you know hey we, you know we're about to lose access to the office but in like two months I read we're gonna get it back <laughs> she's like okay so that's like now <laughs> so you'll you'll be starting up again yeah we'll pick it back up again soon end of the seventh season is great yeah I mean the whole show is great just to oh show, it is you know it's because she comes from an office environment too I mean they, there's some universal stuff about. You know, dealing, and, I, and I've got to explain a lot of references to her. The, the the comedy in the office can be kind of layered, and some. And we'll be watching an episode, and I'll be like, "Did you pick up on that?" She'll be like, "No." Like, let me explain what the. There's like two things funny about that, and let me lay this out for you. <laughs> and we do that a lot watching movies. I'll stop and say, "Did you pick up on that?" Let me explain this. You know, and I'll and she'll and I'll see her kind of understand. Oh, okay, I got you. I you got to pause you. and and yeah, explain the reference. Yeah, to the pop it's, culture it's, it's thing that you haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> it's an interesting way of watching things. It, yeah. It's like pause it, and, you know, and it's like let me explain what that's a reference to. Yeah, well, I mean, because you'll see like uh, Michael Scott going like "What's up?" You know, you'll see it a lot in the show. And I've had to explain to her like, okay, so the comedy that so that comes from a like a what was it, like a Budweiser commercial, right? When it Budweiser, it was it was, a, the, yeah, was, it was, it was it's a beer commercial. It was a beer commercial. I don't drink beer, but. It's a beer, a series of beer commercials, and that's cheap, and that's beer the too. reference to it. But what's funny in this moment is that Michael is like five years too late. late. <laughs> so it's, it's 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 so the humor is that he's his references are late, and so it's a cringy kind of funny because he's so behind the times with this particular joke. And if I don't explain that to her, she has no uh, no context. Oh, none whatsoever. The, the, that the doesn't la- the layers of, of humor there. I have to kind of lay that out for her. You know, yeah, God, what a great show. So you had a news item, right? Well, first of all, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, you were joking on the th- Dwight's third desk. Yeah, that he had GameStop on there. Right. Yeah. So so we talked about GameStop in my last episode, so and it was in the middle. It was right after it had it started. Was, it was in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's an on. It's kind of an ongoing situation. It kind of still going on. It goes in and out of the news because there's been so much volatility in the price. It, it's gone as high as like four hundred dollars a share, and then it cra- after our episode where we talked about it, it cratered down. It got all the way down to like forty dollars a share. Oh wow, it got that low. Now here's the mistake I made. Oh no, the mistake I made is that I didn't buy more shares when it hit forty. Oh okay, you and did they, buy they, some though. Yeah, they call it. Well, no, I didn't. Oh, they, I didn't buy any. Oh, you should have bought more. I should have. They call it. Av- they call had. it averaging down. Yeah. You buy more shares at a lower price, and it brings your average cost per share down. Sure. So if you buy, let's say you buy, you know, ten shares at two hundred, and then you buy ten shares at forty, what you've really got is twenty shares at like one hundred and twenty. Sure. So that my mistake is that I kind of wrote things off as a loss when the when the price cratered. I should have bought more shares. Because I'd be in the green now. Yeah. <laughs> but I've only been in the green a little bit okay. because my price per <laughs> share is still sky high. Got it. That's the mistake I made. And uh, and I th- and now the, the price is up to a point where I'd have to buy too many shares to really average down meaningfully. And okay. so I've, I've, I've got I've to ride the thing out. But it's been really fascinating. Um, there's been congressional hearings about all this. There's Has been, there? Yeah. It's been all over the financial news. It's... um. 
Um, there was a con- the 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 redditor that we talked about in the last episode, the Reddit guy that kind of started the whole thing. The um, Diamond Hands guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Diamond Hands is a it's a it's a it's a, a meme in that whole. Reddit, oh, that wasn't Reddit what he came up with. No. Um, but he had a funny name though, right? Yeah, his it's deep effing value. Oh yeah, was yeah, his yeah. name. Um, he testified to Congress over Zoom <laughs> and gave a very funny, um, a very a very funny statement to Congress. It was filled with memes that were very under the radar, you know. But he he, he before Congress, he was like, "As for me, I like the stock. <laughs> I'm as bullish on this stock as I've ever been." <laughs> and then after he testified, which, which is code for him telling everyone who's listening to that go ahead and keep buying it so con- yeah and so congress <laughs> I, I believe that there was the part of the part thanks of his te- congress part of for his giving te- me this platform part of his testimony he was asked you know knowing what you know now would you would you still buy the stock and he was like absolutely and like right around that time he doubled how many shares he owned he went up from like fifty thousand to a hundred thousand shares so he's still in people are still in um the price got as low the 40 was the low point and it started climbing again it hits 350 or so just several weeks ago it like spiked up to 350 and it started cratering again and so the 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 people think that the short sellers are still short that they're still overextended and that people that own actual shares that eventually the price is is still going to squeeze and still going to go gonna gonna shoot sky high and people are still i think a lot of people I'm, i'm one of these i think a lot of us have reached this kind of zen buddhist status with it where in the beginning we were watching every day we were watching the price throughout the day and watching it fluctuate. And now you've kind of reached this kind of, there's been so much volatility and up and down and up and down and up and down. You reach this point where you're like, I don't need to watch it all the time. It's going to do what it'll, it's going to do. It'll be fine. Yep. I'll check on it every now and then. It'll be okay. <laughs> you reach this kind of like just calm, peaceful place. Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I've still got, I've got money wrapped up in it and I'd like to get that money back or, you know, I'd like to see the squeeze happen. I, I mean, it's, the price is pretty steady between like 170 and 200 for a while now, which is crazy high for what it should probably be. Yeah. But you know, there's, and th- but there's been some legitimate um, positive moves made by the company. The guy that, that joined their board was the founder of chewy.com, which is a successful e-commerce platform. And that's a direction that we get their boxes wanna, all the time. Yeah. They're saying that's the direction they want to take GameStop as a platform to become more of an e-commerce player. And, He's brought over a bunch of of the exec team from that he had at Chewy, and I think he's just been made the the he's given been given controlling um, uh, authority authority on the board and, and oh good so it's all I mean strong I mean does all that mean that the 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 stock price is legitimate right now? No, it's probably the result of, <laughs> of short sellers you know um, being being overextended on it, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, if I, I think that if the short sellers had fully exited their positions, the price, the stock price wouldn't be where it is right now. And so I think that squeeze is still on the horizon, but um, it's, it's ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. And it's very, I'm learning a lot about as a retail, a, a beginning retail investor. I've learned a lot about how, how retail investing works just from watching this situation, you know, and seeing and realizing that, Oh, you know what? I should have bought more when it was so low and I should have averaged down. If I, if I had averaged down, like a lot of other people did, I would be very much in the green right now. I'd be in a yeah. very good position, but I didn't. And so my, my price per share is still really high. Yeah. And so I've been, I've been in the green, but not much. And so it, it, there's been so much fluctuation that I could be in the green this week or I, it could be next week or it could, you know, it's hard to say. 
So it's been a very interesting situation, though. It's really fascinating. And the memes on that subreddit page are, are phenomenal. The memes are very good. Um, and there's been a few things that have happened, like, um, you know, we talked about the ape strong together yeah. memes <laughs> yeah. in there, like if we all hold, you know. And so the at one point, if a while, but maybe a month ago, a bunch of people on that subreddit started sponsoring gorillas through some kind of gorilla sanctuary charity. Oh yeah, like ado- they, like adopt a gorilla. They like adopted adopted gorillas and like sponsored. And there's this like gorilla charity that called them out. It's like thank you for all the great support from the, the Wall Street Pets subreddit because <laughs> it was everybody just adopting gorillas. <laughs> it's a part of, really hilarious stuff like that, man. It's, so some good is coming from this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting, man. I mean, we'll keep updating on it because it's it's an ongoing situation. I, I had a one of my stock friends, um, a guy who was really you know, into inv- investing um, several weeks ago, texted me and he was like, Hey man, you still have your GameStop shares. And I was like, yeah, he's like, man, I didn't realize the price had come back up. Like he'd stopped paying attention to it when it cratered the first time. And the price had gone up to over 200. He's like, I didn't realize it had come back. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm still, I'm still hanging in there. I'm still waiting to see what happens. Diamond hands. It's a lot of volatility. I mean, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's an interesting um, situation. We'll see what goes on with it. You know? Yeah. So you, you might make some money. You might break even. We'll see. And even if you lose a little bit of money, it sounds like it's worth the entertainment value. Well, here's the situation. You've gotten here's out the situation. I don't lose money until I sell. True. So, I mean, you know, yeah, ultimately. We'll see. I mean, maybe I never sell. But we'll you're, you're, you're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very calm. Zen. I'm very you're calm. You're in the Zen zone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always kind of said that, like, if I won the, I'm the kind of person, if I won the lottery, I'd be dead in a week. Just because, like, like if I had, <laughs> like, if I had unlimited resources, you know, and I could just do whatever I wanted with no with no consequences, I'd be dead in a week. Like I would. <laughs> <laughs> and so, part of me feels like when I'm ready for this stock to skyrocket, then it will skyrocket. That's when. <laughs> be like the Lord is slowly molding me into a person that can handle that kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> success. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's been fun to watch, though, for sure, and yeah. fun to pay attention to. So yeah. the the squeeze that mm-hmm. you're that's that's with the hedge fund guys that this yeah. was originally targeted yeah, at the short, so that's the short still, sellers that still hasn't happened because they, they still think the squeeze is coming they still think it's on the Cause, horizon because didn't didn't you give give me the impression the last time you were on the show that that was imminent like that the following week they think they think that hedge funds have more ways than they're aware of of manipulating they must because it's make, been, making it make a, of like three months going deeper and making it look like they're out when they're really, yeah, yeah. They, they think it's really just been dragged out. But they, they also think that, um, that because there's been so much volatility in the stock, potentially new players have actually gotten involved thinking that the stock was going to continue to, to crater. Yeah. And then it started to come back up. And they think there's now new people ensnared in the, in the potential. Oh, I wouldn't short be surprised. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll see. They think the squeeze is still coming. There's a website called, has the squeeze been squoze? <laughs> And it's like every every day or so. Is that really what it's I called? I swear to I think it's been has the squeeze been squoes? Has the squeeze been squoes? Been squoes, yeah. Let's see what it says. Maybe it squeeze it squoes yesterday and I missed it. We'll see. Is the squeeze squoes yeah, dot com. Is, is the squeeze squoes dot com. As the of squeeze. April tenth, the squeeze has not been squoes, it says. Nope. And then it ha- it has some some stats here as of February eighth. And it's got all these um all of the all of these stats that I don't fully understand all of them, but and there's a long explanation, a funny, a funnily written explanation of what of what all has been going on below it. But it's like, is <laughs> what the, is, is the squeeze? Yeah, 
is is the squeezequoze.com. And there's and there's legitimately there's an there's a, a message there that's like this is not a game. Don't get money involved here. You can't afford to lose. Don't you know? Don't overextend yourself. I mean that's all. But it's is the squeezequoze.com. And as of April 10th, says the squeeze has not been squoze. You bookmarking that? Oh yes. <laughs> it's not like I don't have an audio record of it, right, but right, right. you know, if I don't do that, then I'll be like, oh, well, I got to find that again. <laughs> so we'll see if the squeeze squozes or not. <laughs> no we're not talking about lemons every time we come on with the update michael has the squeeze squoze yet the squeeze has not squoze yet no it is not oh first time i ever heard the word squoze yeah was uh in the uh, film version of howard stern's private parts yeah me too in in reference to (laughs) i squoze it myself not lemons (laughs) look it up folks yeah yeah It's fresh this morning. God, <laughs> Something like it, that. Isn't it funny how Howard? Isn't it funny how Howard Stern doesn't matter anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's still there, but he doesn't matter anymore. He's the king of uh, extraterrestrial radio, and and yeah. he doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So he, t- he took the re- the retirement check years ago. <laughs> still, that's what it seems like. Nobody nobody talks about him. Well, I mean, no one even talks about Joe Rogan anymore, really, because he took the Spotify check. Well, did and didn't he kind of compromise? himself well, a little bit well i mean i don't know I mean, he, he let them he let them edit out previous episodes of his with uh un, unsavory people of I guess. Un, I th- un, unsavory uh opinion well they also they license his show they don't own it or anything and so there's an i think it's a matter of opinion whether whether there's any any selling out or compromising going on or not because well, didn't in some but cases say, he say, had like the same people back on yeah, as guests, so that hey, look now there's a now there's an official Spotify yeah. show that you can't do anything about, <laughs> right? But but you know, but go no, ahead I mean, and delete even, the old one. We'll just talk since, about all the same stuff. Since he went Spotify <laughs> exclusive, you know, I, I feel like beforehand every week you hear something new about some guest on Joe Rogan's show, and like people are paying attention to it, and then he takes a Spotify check, and you have to go to the app to hear the episodes. Now no one talks about him anymore. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't listen to it before, and I don't now. <laughs> I, I did. I did some before, but you would just hear. But I was aware of it before. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now you're you'd right. Hear, you'd hear you people don't, talking you about. You don't it. hear people talking don't hear about a it now. Thing about because it it's only people who have signed up for Spotify. Is it Spotify Premium? Or no, something? I mean no. It's free on Spotify. But oh, have, it's free. But you have to open the app and go there. Really? That's the <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing that's to, oh, preventing op- people from. You have to open the Spotify app. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, th- I, mean, I think a significant number of people used to get it like off of YouTube. Yeah, that makes sense. Have not gone to the new platform, but there is a. Hey, wow! So all of you people who get all of your content from YouTube now you're the old people, right? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our world. Yeah, people who got our content from television. That's right. Just the regular internet. Not us, Mike. (laughs) Not us. We're never selling out our principles here. What you want me to download an app? Come on. Not 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 for the nerd burger faithful. Not them. <laughs> yeah, there's no nerd We're burger not. app. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to that one dollar over there. Oh, you want a nerd man. burger app. That's right. <laughs> there's nothing oh, left here. Good night. I'll have to start selling some of this crap. Did you notice there's more crap in here than the last time you were? Yeah, here? why is there more crap in here? Because there had been less crap. Had there been? Now there's more crap because I'm trying to get rid of the crap. So And in order to have less crap, you have to temporarily have more crap so you have to stage the crap in order to i have get to rid, stage rid the, of the crap, crap in order to get rid of the crap why do you why can't you just get rid of the crap why do you have to stage the crap i don't know because some of this crap is Take so old 
that I'm I'm afraid if I just if I do that thing where I just throw it all away without uh-huh. without actually looking at it first that I'm going to throw away something that I wished I hadn't thrown away. See, I think you should just learn to live with that feeling rather than I don't I don't think I can. I'm, <sighs> I'm never going to be able to. I've done I've a, struggled I, with this all my life. I've done a couple of different purges, am, like major purges. I'm coming out right now air. on on the air on the yeah. pod whatever. Yeah. In the ether. I am admitting I am a borderline horror. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I don't know. I don't I have anything this. stacked to the ceiling. Yeah. There's, there are no stacks of anything that are going to fall on people. No, there I is, keep the stacks very manageable. I mean, th- about th- waist high. <laughs> there are there are corner. They might, they might fall on a small animal. <laughs> you, you do have some corner piles going. Where I got stuff corner is piles. Like pile and then it leans into the corner. And yep, then, and I got then that going kinda, on. And then you can kind of just chuck things at the corner. I see you're looking over in that corner. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's one over there, yeah. one over there. That corner is, you know, immune because it has furniture in it temporarily. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much crap you're gonna you're gonna stage. I've gone through a couple of different purges uh, of just major trash bags full of stuff exiting my life. Maybe two or three times over the years, I have yet to come across something that. That. I've always found something that's Ugh. see that's the problem when I've done it I've found like oh my god thank god I didn't just throw this away because I wouldn't have you know the picture of grandma and grandpa from the, the time we did the thing and we're all in the picture and I would have accidentally thrown away this photo and how did it get in this pile of crap in the first how, place how badly do you need that photo Mike really I don't know I know you don't because you don't really need it <laughs> <laughs> but it's not necessarily me in my own mind uh-huh. guilting me it's my mom in mm. my mind guilting me about having not yeah. saved saved the photo yeah yeah of her um, deceased parents yeah my my <laughs> my, my dad's my dad that makes sense yeah. right on some level it, well you know my dad's health is not is not what it used to be um and so we've been dealing with that this past year i'm but, sorry yeah yeah i mean it's fine but the um well, you said he's 70, the, 75? Yeah, he's mid-70s. He's got, a lung, he's got a lung condition, and so... Oh, man, um, keep yeah. him away from the COVID. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, mm. So it's, it's been a dicey year, but... He's, My dad's he's, 75 yeah. and uh, also, yeah, and he, he needs a new heart valve. So, um, but... Honest, or a used honestly, heart valve. Honestly, I'm not sure how that works. The part he of needs all, a different heart valve. <laughs> the part of it all that has, that has been the most stressful is realizing that, like, after he goes, we got to clean that house out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. That's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be a rough house to clean out, to like go through and, you know, you got to move mom into something smaller and it's like, that's no one. Come on, dad. Like, hang in there. <laughs> like, hang in there a few more years. I don't want to go through this house this year, next year, or the year after. Well, let's hope for everyone's <laughs> sake that he holds on for many, many more years. Right, to come. right. That was honestly, that was kind of the thought of like, I didn't plan on having to go through that house this year. That's not. Can we push that off? Some? Yeah. And he got a good lung report, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, thank God, lungs hang in there, hang in there, lungs, <laughs> hang in there." The lungs got a gold star, huh? I go over to their house and I look around and I think, like, hang in there, lungs, hang in there. I don't want to get into all this. this <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> uh. Especially because it'll be one less person to help, obviously. You know. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, you need man. to you need to put him to work now while while you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> <With> your... <laughs> I know your lungs are rough, but get to work before you <laughs> clean some of this up for us. At least your your share. No, honestly, it might it might be easier. He's he's kind of the pack rat. He's the one that's like, don't throw those empty cardboard boxes away. I need those. Oh, it'll be it'll be. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 
matter what you've just gone to buy, he's got a bag full of whatever that is in the basement somewhere that you could have just had. And he'll let you yeah. know the second you buy whatever it is you just bought. Yeah. You know? See, my problem is is I'll, um, I'll find something that I have previously lost for a brief moment of time, and I'll think, oh, I need to put this, or I'll just get it or whatever. I'll, I need to put this in a special place where I won't lose it. Right. And then wherever, in like 99 times out of 100, the special place where I won't lose it, mm-hmm. it becomes a place where I lose it. Oh, wow. So there's there's literally, to go with the Nerdburger trope, dozens and dozens and dozens <laughs> of things in this house that I intended to safeguard, right. but are lost in a pile of something. Yeah. So I, just leaning I, into a corner somewhere. I, I really can't just throw everything in a dumpster. I bet you could. I bet you'd be fine. I mean, yeah, ask me what any of those things <laughs> right. are. I won't be able to name one of them. I don't know. Like, I've got a few things. Like, I've got a toy train that one of my grandfathers gave me who passed away before I was old enough to really remember him. But See, I, know, I have I one know, of those, too. I don't know where I it know is. I know that though. thing was a gift. I know <laughs> I have one or two other things like that. I've got a baseball that I got a home run with as a kid. And I've got, like, a, three or four little things like that. And then the rest can burn in a fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the rest can just go. It'll be fine. Yeah. With all my documents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you had a news item, right? Well, technically, the GameStop thing was news. So oh, we, gotcha. I should have played this. Investing talk with Michael. Thank you for joining Investing Talk with Michael. Brought to you trust by... Me, trust me, this is not investment <laughs> advice, and I am not a financial planner. <laughs> he, he merely likes the stock. I just like the stock. And the squeeze has not been squoze. The squeeze has not been squoze, and I like the stock. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go with this instead. Okay. So you were, we were looking at my map of the world on my monitor over here. This is EarthDesk. Okay. You can get this for Mac or Windows. EarthDesk. Got it. It's probably EarthDesk. It's .com, maybe. I don't know. But just Google it, EarthDesk. It's software that runs on your desktop background. It is a live satellite view of the Earth. So this is actually your desktop background. This is my desktop but background. But this, um, this is dynamic. This changes in real time. This is real time. See, the sun is mm-hmm. over, what is that, Colombia? Venezuela, yeah. maybe? Yeah. I think okay. that's Venezuela. Um, and the moon is uh, like about, oh, I don't know, uh, 500 miles southwest of that over whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar that much with that part of South America. Picking up on that. Yep. Um, I could change this uh, map background to show the uh, countries and stuff. Okay. There's all kinds of different settings for so this. So what, what are all the what are all the targets on this map? Is that where the missiles are pointed? Is that what are we looking there at? There are. Yeah, yeah. This is new. Um, I might have mentioned this before, but we haven't talked about it. There are a whole bunch of uh, little target symbols. Yeah. And there, are the you know, there are uh, different sizes. So some of them are just like the white dot with the red one red ring around it. Some have another white ring around that. Some have another red ring around that and so on and so forth. And those represent uh, various, um, shall we say, magnitudes of things. Do you care to guess what those are now? Guess what the magnitudes of things are? What the things are that are being displayed in magnitudes. Okay, so the little red things, those are just targets, but with only a few circles around them, right? That's the same. So They're all the same thing, yeah. Okay, so looking at the U.S., most of these are concentrated on the West Coast and the Pacific Northwest. Correct. Um, 
and then you got a, a, a smattering up and down the uh, up and down the west coast of, of South, South, America. South America, and then a whole bunch in uh, East Asia. There, a whole, whole bunch in Japan. There looks like mm-hmm, a whole bunch yeah. down in Indonesia. Not none in Australia, none in Russia, none in Canada. Ton in a Alaska. few in Canada. Ton in Alaska. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what what would be significant in say Chile, Japan. California and Anchorage that's not significant in other places. Um if it was just California, I'd guess I'd guess hobos pooping on the street, but I don't think I think there's I think there's less of that in Japan. So and probably a lot of it in Russia, which wouldn't explain this map. Yeah, so I I don't think I know. It's smaller targets in Alaska and smaller targets in California, bigger ones in Japan, bigger ones in Southeast Asia. Real big, big ones, bigger in ones in, in Chile, down in South America. A few in Mexico, bigger targets, smaller it's, targets. In the, I, I don't know. It's like a ring, all the way around the Pacific Ocean, sort of. Oh, does this have to do with volcanoes? With the Ring of Fire? Uh, sort of, yeah. Uh, what? Am, okay, so what am I looking at? Things that are measured in magnitude. Earthquakes. Yes. Okay. I thought so, you were playing dumb there for a second. No, you actually so we, were being. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, well, I know I'm familiar with the Ring of Fire. And the idea I kept that saying these... magnet. I was giving you hints. Okay. <laughs> so what's going on with earthquakes? These are all the earthquakes in the world in the last uh, like week. I think. Are there are there more than there should be? No. Okay. But there's look 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 where we are. Yeah. So we've had a few in, in the southeast. There's there's a a couple up in the Appalachian Mountains there in like the Tennessee north. Is that, North, co- is that common? North Carolina area. Yes, it actually is. Really? Um, yeah, the is one there, that... Is there a tectonic plate goes that goes through that mountain range? No, well, I think they're constantly finding, like, little fault lines. Yeah. Everywhere. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Basically, if you look at the map, they're mm-hmm. they're all over the place. Um, and it's all the way across the middle of, of the country. Um, but uh, the, the, the first time that I noticed it, Right after I turned this on, there was one that was right on Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? It's it was right. a tiny one. Like Seems that, random. But, like, they get earthquakes up there. Really? Who knew? Yeah. Um, but what, what's this other one right here? It looks about right in, in the location of Atlanta. No. Come on, that's too far north to be Atlanta. And that, like, that's more like Tennessee, isn't it? The one, the couple above it are, like I said, Tennessee, North Carolina. Did but we have one near Atlanta recently? I, I looked it up right before you got here. Really? Uh. I wonder what you do with your time around here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. One day and seven hours ago. So on uh, early, early, 4, 4.13 a.m. on April 9th in Lawrenceville. Friday morning there was an earthquake in Lawrenceville? Yeah. Really? That seems not real. Oh, magnitude and depth are unspecified. It was just, it was a reported earthquake that's kind of thing showed up on sensors but nobody really felt it maybe well no somebody felt it it didn't show up on a sensor so they Mm. don't have a they don't have a i see but i think it's interesting that because like this website where i found it makes it sound like well somebody somebody you know a dump truck drove by their house at 4 13 in the morning and they thought it was an earthquake oh you think it's but it's on my map here it's two. It's in two locations here. That should I found. we? Should we, as a project, start reporting earthquakes? See if we can get them to pop on this map. <laughs> <laughs> can we report earthquakes in like the pattern of a smiley face and see if we can make it pop up on this map? Or a penis. <laughs> <laughs> One leads to the other. I mean, 
We'd have, want, to, we'd have to map we it out. That. I wonder if we could do that. We could just pick Russia because there's nothing there. Right, right. Then we, we, we would know that it was us. We're going to draw a on Russia with earthquakes. America! <laughs> All right. I think we have to do this now. All right. Well, um, seems like it might be worth a shot. We'll get the email chain going after, yeah. after the mm. show. <laughs> so, yeah. So Earthquakes. Okay. Yep. That's how we're all gonna die. Is the, the is the ring of fire? All those volcanoes are gonna go off at once and are like dominoes, and we're all gonna die. I think there was a. And I know what you're wondering: Will it happen before the next election? And the answer is God willing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's a movie about that called 2012 with John Cusack. I just watched that the other day. It's Did been, you? I been, thought about on, watching it the other day, on, and it's I, been on TV a lot, and I decided. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's been <laughs> not, on t- qu- it's- not quite in the mood for that. I, I do want to see it though. I feel like like I remember seeing it in 2012 when it came out, and I remember thinking like, maybe this isn't that funny. <laughs> like, maybe this. <laughs> but then people, it didn't happen. People were still like, "Is something going to happen?" And you saw that movie, and it's like, "I hope nothing happened." And then nothing did. <laughs> look back now, and it's like it's fine. It's a perfectly serviceable disaster movie. <laughs> you know, perfectly fine disaster movie. Okay, I will watch Oliver, it. I will Oliver watch Platt it taking over the world. Oh, he's the he's the bad guy, the evil genius. No, he's a government bureaucrat. Oh, okay. in, the, in the mix, he's part of the keeping the secret from everybody. And oh, there's a secret. It's happening for a reason. Well, yeah, it's like it started. It, it's well, not it's, just the Mayan calendar. Well, it's more like they saw it coming, but they they didn't tell everybody. Okay, you know what I mean, well, why would you tell everybody? Right. Because it's, yeah, you know, no, it's a perfectly it's a perfectly serviceable disaster movie. It it, it it's got humor. Doesn't the Earth just basically turn inside out? It's if I if I recall correctly, it's that the the core of the earth heats up and a lot of a lot of the rock that makes up the inner part of the earth becomes molten. And so the tectonic plates are kind of like they start. It's it's like they're sliding around. On, it's like they're 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 floating on top of an ocean and they're sliding it's, around. more. So the whole surface of the earth is kind of shifting around. So the the. The inside of the earth underneath the yeah. tectonic plates is, is aka the ground we all stand on. Yeah. Um just gets real gooey. Well, not so <laughs> No, it does I mean you do see it start breaking apart and whole cities sliding into the ocean and No, I mean the, the stuff like on, underneath gets gooey. Yeah, and so yeah. all the stuff on top of it It's like the earth is the inner the core of the earth is heating starts up. Starts break breaking up and bobbing around and yeah, turning like, over like, and there's a part of the movie where they're like, we got to make it to China or wherever. They're like, well, we don't have enough fuel to make it to China. And then China shows up. It's like, how does this happen? Well, China floated closer to you is what happened. It's that the whole surface of the earth floated under the plane. And so China came at you faster than you came at China. And then you can land in China. There's a whole, it's a whole plot point in the movie of like how they, how they make it where they're going. Is it, is it the surface of the earth has floated? What's so special about China that they want to go there? Um, you'll have to watch the movie and see. Okay, is it, is it I, I, a legitimate I, I, reason, or no, is this I, more of Hollywood just? It's, uh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely <laughs> making when, excuses for when, all of the when, terrible things that China does because they keep giving them a lot of money. When you see why they go to China, you're going to think to yourself, "There's no way the Chinese communists would pull that off." <laughs> I, I guarantee you, you're going to watch it. You're going to go like the Chai Coms would never pull that okay, off. So there's for sure. Okay, so we don't have to worry about any realism in this no, in this movie at all. None okay. whatsoever. Wonderful. So it is I it mean, is truly I, I escapist. Do, I do appreciate that instead of just making it a disaster movie, they came up with an explanation for what's happening. That that's a positive part of the movie. Okay, is they come up with a sci-fi reason for why all this is happening. That that, that makes that. me want to watch it more now. Yeah, because I 
I was I was willing it's, to watch it. It's good. I mean, it's John Cusack when, and, and Woody Harrelson and um, Oliver oh, Woody's Platt's in it. it. And yeah, well, everything. Um, John Cusack is one. He's 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 always he always plays a version of John Cusack. Yeah, and everybody and, and, likes and, John and Cusack. He, he does in this one. Well, too. I'm sorry. Everybody likes the character of John Cusack in right. movies. In real life, maybe not so much. I like most John Cusack movies because I liked I mean, I like 1408 and High Fidelity. and 1408 I, is great. Identity is good. and Identity. You know I don't think was, I've seen that. You know what's weird about John Cusack is that it, when they first came out of the advertisement that he was going to play Edgar Allan Poe, saw that one. everybody lost their mind because they were like, oh my God, it's John Cusack. That's perfect. He'll was that a, one called The Raven? He'll be a great Edgar Allan Poe. That it, one might, it might have, but... Then you realize he's not, he's playing. If you look at a, look at he, a picture of Edgar Allan Poe, kind of looks like John Cusack. It does, but instead of it being like a biographical, like, like the life of Edgar Allan Poe is played by John Cusack, they come up with this fictionalized, like Edgar Allan Poe is dealing with a serial killer that's recreating all of his famous stories. And John Cusack is playing that fictionalized version of Edgar Allan Poe. And you're like, why don't you just do the life of Edgar Allan Poe? Why'd you come up with this contrived reason to show the Telltale Heart and the Raven and the these stories he's written. It's like just do the life of Edgar Allan Poe and let John Cusack play. People would love that. Yeah. Instead, it's more of like, no, we got to take Edgar Allan Poe but make it like a stereotypical horror movie with a serial killer involved. We have to t- <laughs> we have to take Edgar Allan Poe and turn him into Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. But that was a weird way to approach that. But <laughs> he takes a lot more heroin. Exactly. And starts to freak out. Exactly. <laughs> right? Did I remember that movie? I think correctly? so. I saw it in theaters and then never saw it again. 1408, though, is one of my favorite. It's, it's probably Stephen one of, King. Probably one of my favorite Story, movies. right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, How know, can I mean, you go wrong I mean, with those two? What's not to like, you know? Yeah. I, it's like Snakes on a Plane and Con Air. It's an excellent... Ex- Wait. No, no, because Nick Cage isn't in that. Yeah. I mean, as far as horror movies go, it's excellent. An excellent horror movie. And John Cusack, it's, it's like 90% John Cusack. By himself in a room, in a room. which yeah. is great, you know. But the stuff that he's done with him and his friends, mm-hmm. where they've had creative control, yeah. Like you mentioned, High Fidelity is yep. one of them, although mm-hmm. that's based on a book yeah. that they didn't that he didn't write. But in right. uh, my favorite movie of his, Gross Point Blank, yeah, so good. I could just watch that over and over all the you time. You can tell when people are working on things they care about with people they enjoy working with. I think it comes through, yep. I, it, especially with movies, it comes through. It comes through TV shows. We talked about that, I think, before the recording yeah, about yeah. Schitt's Creek, how mm-hmm. you could tell. That's an example. Have you seen Chef with John Favreau? Chef? No. It's, it's a John Favreau movie. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it was like a pet project of his where he plays a, a food truck chef. It's a great movie. You should check that out. Um, this is the end. With with Seth Rogen and, and all his friends is great. I need to see that. It's really good. It's it's very funny. I think that's streaming somewhere on one of I'm the sh- things I'm that sure I have. I'm sure it is. And, it, and it's very funny. And you can tell it's like it's just all their friends got together for a weekend <laughs> and yeah. made this movie. And it's very, very good. You know, it's the thing, things that people really care about and they're working on it with people they enjoy working with. Uh, you, it just comes through in the work, I think. I mean, all Simon Peck movies are, are that way. Yeah. You know? Yep. I love... Yeah. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, the best zombie movie. All those movies. Hot Fuzz is great. <laughs> Hot Fuzz is good too, but that one doesn't get doesn't get the play. It didn't get as big as Shaun of the Dead. No, it's not on TV all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Shaun of the Dead is. I own Shaun of the Dead. I bought that. Yeah. Now I don't know if uh, if this is necessarily the same type of pet project, labor of love that we were just discussing, but mm-hmm. we were talking about it before the show, The Office. Yeah. 
I don't know if you know, but I've been I've actually been rewatching The Office. Okay. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is the second, only the second series I will have ever watched over again from the beginning. The first being Shit's Creek. Gotcha. Um, I feel like, I feel like as a people we're all we're all in some state of rewatching The Office at any given time, whether we whether we want to or not. Well, even though it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's not on Netflix anymore, it's still on Comedy Central. It's everywhere still. Yeah. Yeah. But in addition to rewatching it, I'm, I'm I am kind of binging it on my own schedule, mm-hmm. but I'm rewatching it while also listening to the Office Ladies podcast. Okay. Have All you right. have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I've never listened to it though. I've heard of it. So it's uh, Angela Kinsey who plays Angela Martin. Yeah. Slash, no, almost Angela Bernard, and then Angela Schrute. Nope. Angela, Angela uh, whatever the senator's last name was, Lipton, Lip Tipton. Did they actually get married? Like they did get. They did get married. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, m- m- Mrs. Senator. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Angela Schrute at the very end. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, that's okay. That ended what eight years ago, <laughs> a decade ago. It seems like. <laughs> In some ways, it never ends. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Case in point, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Um. And we'll be talking about it later. We'll be talking about it next week. We'll be talking about it next episode. (laughs) So it's it's really funny. Now, I don't know about you, but when I watched The Office, I'll admit I kind of had, you know, a little, not celebrity crush, because I don't care about the actress, but... (laughs) You had a crush crush. I had a character crush Mm -hmm. on Pam, who... Isn't that part of why the show is so popular? Who, who, and all the girls had a crush <laughs> right? on Jim. Like, yeah. who didn't? Right? Because Pam is have like... You, have you heard... Have you heard... Um, what, what is the actress that plays Pam? What's her name? Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher. Have you heard her talk about... I've, I've heard her do interviews where she talks about, like, people will see her out and about with her actual husband. And they'll be like, oh my God, you're Jenna Fisher. I love The Office so much. And then they'll look at her husband and be like, who are you? You're not Jim. Yeah. <laughs> like, people get really upset that she's not with Jim. I think she mentions that on the, on the podcast, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's 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 Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher, mm-hmm. Angela and Pam from The Office, yeah, are best friends in real life. They met filming the first season of The Office and became friends during I think it was the basketball episode, yeah, where they play the salespeople, yeah. play against the um, warehouse, the warehouse guys, yeah, and gal. <laughs> <laughs> So I had a crush on Pam, like everybody. Did you have a crush on Pam? Uh, I mean, to some mm. degree, probably. Because she's cute, and she's also kind of dorky. You kind of want to save her. Would you? Right. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're rooting for her and Jim. No matter who you are, there's a Pam in your, in your orbit, and there's a Roy in her orbit. <laughs> everybody has that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Jim is right for her. Roy is not. Yeah. We all see that. We they, all see it they, immediately. They torture us for... <laughs> How many seasons? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Angela, the character, is kind of prissy, kind of stuffy, kind of mean. Yes. Um, she's she's not a cool nerdy girl, right? She's the opposite of a cool nerdy girl. She's a cat lady, right? (laughs) Right. She's Mm -hmm. judgmental. She's you know kind of set in her ways already. She's very much like a like a an old grandma, controlling. (laughs) She's controlling. Sure. Um, and <laughs> not in every way, in some ways, in real life, the actresses are the opposite of their characters. Really? 
which I did not know this. And I, did, I, had, I had no reason to think about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'd never really listened to either of them talk yeah. <laughs> prior to the podcast because I don't watch interview shows. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Angela Kinsey is like the cool nerdy chick. Mm-hmm. And Pam is kind of the stuffy one who doesn't really care about that kind of thing. And she's like, does her own, does her own stuff with her fam. She's very family. Yeah. Very much about her husband and her kids. And yeah. So I thought that was, that was interesting. So there's this whole thing in the beginning of the podcast where they talk about Angela trying to get Jenna to watch game of Thrones and Jenna refusing to, okay, <laughs> because she doesn't like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And Angela's like, you gotta watch game of Thrones. It's such a good show. You would love it. I guarantee you, you would love it. I mean, you might, you'd love it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, like everybody. Yeah. I'm kind of over telling people to watch game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's over. So yeah, yeah it's not, yeah, you're not going to like what happens. I think you're not going to cuz they started this podcast in the middle of 2019. Yeah. So I think that was right at the end of Game of Thrones, right? Right, yeah. But I just thought that uh it's funny. Well, Game of Thrones sure did go away in a in a in a flash. No one even talks about it anymore. It's coming back. It was like, well, yeah, they're going to do the do like prequels or sequels or you're gonna do spinoff shows. Well, yeah, that's true. They are they are gonna do but, a prequel but show. But to go but, from like where it was like one of the biggest things in pop culture to where now like a, year, just a year later, no one even talks about it. It's not even cool to talk about it anymore. Well, HBO is trying to talk about it now because it's the 10th anniversary of it starting. Yeah, but because I, I I got that email from HBO Max. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, what's this? Is there some new documentary that I need to watch? No, it's, it's like, just, no, just go they're watch just Game of Thrones. They're again. just pimping the show. Yeah, it's like there's no new content. Like, give me something. I'm sure they thought that show would have a long tail. They probably thought they'd make money off of that show forever. Yeah, and then that last season came out and it was done. It's, it has no tail whatsoever. Now it's like, should I watch Game of Thrones? And it's like, eh, it's, you're not going to like it in the end. You're going to walk away disappointed. Yeah. I was like, well, then why watch it? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm not like, I mean, if, if I'm talking to somebody today, like, what's the show I should watch? I'm not going to tell them Game of Thrones. It's like, nah, it's, it's going to, it's going to taper off at the end. I, I would tell them you can watch it if you want to. And there'll be a few of a, a few cool moments along the way. You'll get excited about when the show's over though. You're not going to be satisfied with it. Yeah. The, the, you got to, you got to know that going in the ending. I mean, they rushed the last two seasons and they dragged out the six that came before it <laughs> and they made their own creative decisions that didn't go anywhere satisfying right you know yeah um it's not even fun to talk about anymore i mean i was i was okay with it i recognized its deficiencies but one of those things where the night you watched it you were like okay and then a week later you were like that was crappy <laughs> that mm-hmm. was not like you walked away from it like should i rewatch it and you're like no I have no desire to rewatch it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a, it has no tail anymore. That's a, like you said, it has no tail. That's a key in recommending it to other people. Yeah. Like, Hey, I w- I'm watching it for the third time through. You yeah. need to watch it. So I think that's where Angela's is coming from in this. Just to, to segue to our next topic. Yeah. So, um, it, it kind of comes to a head mm-hmm. in one episode and I'm not sure where this is. It might be in episode 20 to episode 30, somewhere in there where she's been bringing it up like every few episodes. You yeah. got to watch Game of Thrones, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that reminds me of Game of Thrones. Have you been right. watching Game of Thrones yet? And uh, eventually, Jenna Fisher does start watching Game of Thrones. Okay. But not until after this. <laughs> so I'm going to play you a little 
clip from the office ladies. Okay. Because this will be relevant. Hordor. Oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones. Ugh. I don't. What is it? What door? Hordor. Hordor? Whore? No. Like a, is it like Hodor? A... Oh, sorry. I said it wrong. Hodor? <laughs> it's Hodor. 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 It's sort of the same. What happens? In the, I mean, all that's coming to mind for me is prostitution. No. What is this door? Don't listen to my southern accent. Hordor. It's Hodor. <laughs> Even Hodor. Ho? Hodor? Jenna, it's what not about. What happens with the door? Just tell me. Well, it's not about prostitutes, okay? Well, what is it? It's a person. Hodor is a person. Oh, it's not a door? No, but a door is involved later. I don't want to ruin it for you. It's my hope that someday you'll watch Game I'm of Thrones. I'm never going to watch it, Angela. I'm <laughs> sorry on. to tell you. Hodor. It's not my genre. What? Fantasy is not my genre. So you don't like Lord of the Rings? I've never seen it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> She's leaving. She took off her headphones. No, you know this about me. I mean, I sort of knew it, but come on. Lord of the Rings? It's just, you know what it is? I'm not a fan of having to learn all new rules about different new planets or wait, like, mythical wait, creatures and wait. their powers. Hold up. What? I don't, I can't even, I almost can't say this out loud. What? What? Do you not like Star Wars? <laughs> I'm afraid to speak right now. No, Jenna, are you kidding? So much for that crush. <laughs> you don't like Star Wars? I have not ever what? seen no. the Star Wars movies. <laughs> the horror. No! The horror. Except I think as a child I saw The Empire Strikes Back. Oh my God. Well, if you're gonna pick I have an appreciation right for one. Star yeah. Wars as a cultural phenomenon oh my god you sound you sound like this sounds like you're a politician She's like, i worked at nbc not disney okay. <laughs> oh my god when i was a child i went to star wars and i fell asleep during it and then as an adult i thought what is wrong with me i need to see star wars and then you're like but then i have to learn rules about a new planet no i fell asleep again oh my god and then i thought that's a sign i mean in multiple Lady. generations of myself or Am like gonna... in different decades. Here's the thing, though. I was obsessed with Princess Leia. Like as a kid, I wore the buns and I did the lightsaber but fighting. But you didn't know why. No, I don't know any of the thing. I don't know where Chewbacca is from. She... But then likewise, <laughs> I love it. your baby Yoda. You have a knitted baby Yoda. I do. In your she shed office. And I love it. I want one. So I guess I'm attracted to parts of Star Wars, but not the actual story or oh. any of the rules. Wow. Whew. I'm afraid that I've said this. I'm afraid. No, don't be afraid. I'm afraid to have admitted this. This like, feels like a little bit like I'm telling a secret. I love that. She's like, I don't know what planet Chewbacca is from. And Kashyyyk. Angela. Kashyyyk. It's Kashyyyk. <laughs> Yeah, Angela um, records her half of the podcast from her she shed, which she has named her That's What She Shed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Michael, uh, you wanted to talk about Star Wars. Well, I always want to talk about Star oh, Wars. I know, but we need to uh, 
We yeah. need to get an update because it's been a while since anybody's talked about Star Wars. So on this you, show. so you've have we have we had proper Mandalorian season two talk on the show? Previously? Not season two, Not and season I don't two? even know about season one. <laughs> so feel free to so, so dip back into season one if you'd like what, to. What was your what were your thoughts on season two? I thought you could clearly tell that like they did the first season, then they're like, oh, this is going to be a very popular show. So let's amp up the budget and let's blow it all on the first episode, showing a great dragon in all its glory. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? That that got overshadowed for me by the uh, kind of limbo that Mando and uh, Baby Yoda were in the whole middle of the season, where it was yeah. just like it got it was one or two episodes too much of them flying around looking for the next clue. Yeah, it was kind of um like you get the ideas like this season is going to be we're going to find the Jedi. Okay, let's go out and find the Jedi. Like, that should have happened by the midpoint of the, the season. The, the, well, the pacing was odd because you spend a whole episode, like, stuck in a cave, and then you spend a whole episode out in a marsh, and then you spend... And then when it's time to, like, put the band back together and go rescue the kid, yeah, you know, then it all comes together very quickly, and it's suddenly we're off to the races. Yeah, there should know? have been... The there should have been... Yeah. But it's also... Less of the former and more of the latter. But I also wonder is that... Less of the latter and more of the... Wait. But here's what I wonder. Yeah, I said it right the first time. Because, <laughs> see, I can see all the spaghetti Western tropes. You mm-hmm. know, I, my girlfriend, I sh- we'd watch the episode and I'd point out to her, like, especially the Crate Dragon episode, I'd show her, like, I'd tell her, like, so here's the Desperado going with the sheriff, and now they're around the campfire with the Indians. Yep. And the Desperado speaks the Indian language and the sheriff doesn't, you know? So here's the Indians. <laughs> here's That'd the be... Indians riding into the Western town on horseback, you know, and are these two going to be able to get along to go, you know, That's... Deal, deal with the bear or whatever it is out in the wilderness that's killing all the, or, or the, uh, the, the outlaw gang that we're yeah. teaming up to go fight, you know, in this case, was... it's, it's the sand people and, yeah, and Mando sand and people, Timothy and riding, Oliphant. In, riding in, in single file to hide their numbers. In town. <laughs> As <laughs> you know, old the, Obi-Wan the told is, us, the sheriff is Timothy Oliphant and Boba Fett's armor and, you know, and so I'm, and so I I can see all this, and I wonder if the pacing that they went with for that season, I wonder if that's just, if that's sort of a spaghetti western thing as well. I wonder if sometimes that's just the pacing of those movies, you know, or those series. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the source material on that front, but I appreciated yeah, each episode was kind of its own its own western story in a way. Yep. Um. What did you? I mean, what did you think of the big appearance at the end? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Other than the the uncanny valley, the uncanny valley of it. Yeah. Like, God, why can't they get that right? And I, I, well, so, I so okay. Well, well, hang on. How would you how would you compare it? We need to. How would you compare it to Grand Moff Tarkin? In, it was in Rogue One. It and, was and a little bit end. better. At least with Tarkin, they kind of put him mostly in shadow. Hang on. In case you hadn't already figured this out, we're gonna spoil it crap out of everything yeah you're four months late <laughs> engage with the culture uh, we've, all, we've all been under lockdown you've had plenty of time i, I like to put that in just there you because you know, I, I keep forgetting but how would too, you but... compare it to tarkin and leia so what we're talking about is the appearance of uh five years older than the end of return of the jedi super master jedi now luke skywalker yes he's like th- what almost 30 I guess in this sounds, sounds about right. Late twenties, anyway. Sounds about, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and 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 seemingly it's potentially the height of his power. Oh my god! I mean, you knew, you know, it was his powers are so strong that even though they 
they they don't show his face, but you know it's him. It has to be him. Well, he it, flies in on the TIE fighter. Well, the realization... He's, I, I he's was, got the green lightsaber. He's got the black hooded Jedi robe. A part of he's me kicking, felt like But he's maybe, kicking so much. He's got the one-gloved yeah, hand. You know, he's yeah. kicking so much ass, though. You see those like, clues. Is as that as Luke? That, as that scene goes along, you Even see Even with clues. all those clues. And he's and so strong at the there's Force. There's a part of you that's still like... Like, I, I had people over for the last episode. I had probably had 10 people in the room. We were watching it, and we I were thought, all. No one in the room wanted to say, "Oh my God, it's Luke!" But we're all. We were all sitting there like, "It's Luke!" But no one wanted to say it out loud because we're all braced for like, right. it's going to be a big debate. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a big like. Oh, we, 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 it's not Luke. It's so and so. I was it's, thinking it's it's a big misdirection. They're trying to make us think that it's Luke. Exactly. That's but what it everybody, clearly everybody can't was, be Luke because then, Luke was never this good. Yeah, everybody's kind of braced for it to not be Luke. They're braced you know? for some twist. Yeah. But then you see the black glove and the green saber and the X-Wing, and you're like, who else could it be? Right. I think I said right before he took the hood off, I, I think I said everybody in the room, like, if this isn't Luke, this is the biggest trick like like of all time. This yeah. is the biggest misdirect possible. And then But I think takes... they, they almost double misdirected you. Kind of. I, I see what you're saying. I respect what they did. Yeah. Well, it's almost they telegraphed it so hard that you were assuming it's not going to it's not going to be that obvious. They telegraphed very hard. This is Luke Skywalker come to save the day. But he was. But you're sitting there like, surely it's not Luke Skywalker come here to save the day. Like you're so <laughs> braced for it to be something else. And he takes it off and you're like, of course, it's Luke. Who else, who else is who it going to be? Who else would it be? Right. Like, really, who else would it be? And we were and I remember we were talking predictions for the episode. We watched the episode and I was saying, like, will a Jedi show up? And if so, who will it be? And people went through all the options. I mean, you know, Ahsoka, probably not Ahsoka, because we've already dealt with right. her. Um, it could be um, the guy, the, it could be the character from from um, Jedi Fallen Order, because he's supposedly still alive. Could it be Ezra Bridger? Could it be, who could it be? Who who all survived Order 66 and survived the Galactic Civil War and could still be out there? Yep. And of course it's Luke. Who else would it be? Yeah, who, and especially, who else, would it be? who else is searching the galaxy for other Jedi to put the order back together. Right. And, and at this point, yeah. like building a school and a, yeah. you know, this and that. And Presu- know, presumably I, there's a little baby Kylo Ren, but there was the, un- the there was the there <laughs> back was, home. Right. Who's, who's gonna, you know, but there was the, un- there was that, un- there was that uncanny Valley aspect where you look and, and you wonder like, should they have gone with an actor? Should they have, what should they have done? Well, now know. wait a minute. Now what I heard was, and this surprised me because I thought clearly this is not quite right. CGI. Mm-hmm. They've improved it a little bit. Yeah. After blanking on the Tarkin. No, the name of the movie. Oh, uh, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've improved on it since mm-hmm. then, but it's still it still isn't right. Yeah. And um and then and tell me if I'm wrong. I thought I read or heard that that actually was Mark Hamill, and they de-aged him. I thought that at first. I don't think that's. What I don't they think did. no, don't because think that would the the facial movements weren't right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's what they did because we've seen we've seen plenty of de aging tech and it doesn't look like that. It we looks, saw it, we saw it with De Niro and the Irishman. Yep, we saw it. We've seen it a couple different places. I mean, I mean, even look at like um, um, Chris Evans in in First Avenger, in the the first part of the movie where he's like he's emaciated. He's he's he's, the, he's scrawny small. little guy. Yeah, you know, like like. Seeing a, a base person with some CGI work done to them like that, it looks different than it's Tark, still Tark and Leia and Luke that they've that they've done. So it far. has that 
quality of a real person still underneath all of the CGI. Yeah. Whereas the Uncanny Valley character. It's almost like it's almost like seeing a person with some makeup as opposed to seeing it's digital makeup, a fully digitized person. It's digital makeup. Yeah. 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 The person is still there. And so when so when I heard that that was actually I mean, it's his voice, obviously. Yeah. But but what I heard was that was physically Mark Hamill standing there and they de-aged him. I'm like, there's no way. Mm. There's no way because the movement is all wrong. It yeah. had it had that quality of being completely digital yeah. and not being just digital makeup on a real person. Yeah. I love, though, how I think more than anything, that one scene helped to ground The Mandalorian as a show in, in the wider universe because you're seeing so many elements of... You're seeing Luke dressed in black in a hallway fight that's very reminiscent of Vader in Rogue One. Yep. So a lot of the motions are, are very are very much the same, and you're seeing him. Like, that was what I. You're seeing him force squeeze things. I mean, you can almost see Vader force choking somebody. You know what I mean? You, and so you're seeing, you're seeing suddenly now this. It's like the Skywalker of it arrives in the Mandalorian part of the universe. Sure. You know, and just kind of dips in. If I think it just kind of dips in. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing that kind of that grounding there where it's aside from like, oh, there's an X-Wing, you know, there's a. Well, we'd seen know, X-Wings, though. Yeah, like something like that. Like, oh, look, it's an X-Wing. But they were in so pairs. Star Wars. Because well, that's what when that X-Wing came flying in at yeah. first, I thought, oh, it's one of those two guys. Well, that, and then Gina Carano's character is like, oh, one X-Wing. Great. We're saved. Like, very but, sarcastic. And I think it was her her line, one X-Wing, that made yeah, me go, like, one X-wing? wait a minute. Oh, we're saved. Right. That was when I first started thinking. Who's who's come yeah. magically out yeah. of nowhere, following the you know, the signal of the Jedi I, I from th- Baby Yoda. I've all I have always thought Sorry, of, of Grogu because we know his right, name Grogu. at this point. Grogu, oh, weird name. I'm still gonna call um, him Baby. I guess Yoda. it's no. I guess it's no weirder than Yoda. But um, I, I do remember something Dave Filoni said when they first announced they were ending Star Wars Rebels after like four seasons because people thought it was kind of quick. Like that there that there's more more you could do with Star Wars Rebels. Because the Clone Wars show went on for, yeah, what, for a while. Seven yeah. or eight seasons. But after like four seasons, they said we're ending Rebels after this next season. Everybody's like, why? And Dave Filoni said what he said is that every generation needs its piece of Star Wars. And I always kind of remember that because I remember like not all of Star Wars has to be for me. Right. You know, every like I like if I have kids one day, I want them to have their piece of Star Wars too. And maybe I'm not gonna fully appreciate what their piece of Star Wars is. But I do feel like there's a whole generation out there that's older now, but they came up where their Star Wars was not movies, it was not new TV shows, it was it was books. It was the it was the literary, it was the extent the old extended universe. And to them, they got to experience a version of Luke Skywalker at the height of his power. They got to experience a very powerful front and center Luke Skywalker yeah. through these books and through these stories. And then they all kind of went away. And I do appreciate that there's a generation out there that are getting to see on screen in a way their Luke Skywalker. It's mm-hmm. never really been on screen before. Luke Skywalker in control of his power at the height, potentially, of his ability. A, a Luke Skywalker that is, you know, that, that is a badass, you know. That, that <laughs> the Luke Skywalker that comes on the ship and goes down the hallway and, blo- you know, and, and lightsabers flying everywhere. I mean, he, badass doesn't even begin to describe it. He yeah. be- He bested that scene with Vader in Rogue One. Yeah, and you have It was that times 10. You've never seen that Luke Skywalker on screen before. And there's a generation out there that for them, for the longest time, that was their Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And now they get to see it. 
And I, 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 that's what I appreciate about that scene. Yeah. And I hope that they follow up on that. You know, just getting to see that elements of that old canon that was so loved and bringing elements of that forward in, in on screen where it never was before. Yeah. You know, that was what was something very, that's something very cool about that scene that it wasn't just about what are, you know, can, can you make new star Wars today that appeals to some of these other generations? The answer is yes, you can. You just have to approach it, I guess, from the right angle and with the right respect for the source material. And I think Dave Filoni and John Favre have earned, have earned a fair amount of trust and goodwill from the wider fan base. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't, they've said like, you know, the next Star Wars movie is going to be a, a Rogue Squadron movie. And it's like, great, I'll go see it. But I'm not nearly as excited as I am about Star Wars television going forward. Yeah. I'm much more excited about Star Wars television. Yeah, they get to tell maybe not bigger stories, but more meaningful stories. Absolutely. Have, have you have you looked over all the shows they've announced following, following no. um, the end of The Mandalorian? I haven't. When is The Mandalorian ending? Do we know? Is it one more season, two I don't more think, seasons? They, I don't think they've said specifically. Okay. Um, but they're going to wait until it's run its course before they do any of these new shows? No. No. They, they're, there's a whole slate of new stuff that they've announced that's coming along with future seasons of The Mandalorian, including spinoff shows directly off The Mandalorian. Well, yeah, we already know what one of those is <laughs> from, well, the, from the end of season two. Well, true. So that's, so that's the book of Boba Fett, which I guess follows you know Boba Fett as the new crime lord yep taking you know taking over the 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 hut syndicate in a way which sounds fascinating they're going to follow up on ahsoka ahsoka's getting her own live action series with the rosario dawson version of the character yep that they think is going to tie into what happened to ezra bridger and and grand admiral thrawn at the end of season four star wars rebels they kind of go off into the there's a mystery about what happens to the two of them and they're presumed still alive out there um, and we know they tease at the end of that show that, that Ahsoka and one other character are going to go off in search to find out what happened. And we don't hear anything else about it until that Ahsoka episode of The Mandalorian, where she says, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? You realize this all ties in ah, to the search, okay. the search for Ezra and the search for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yep. You know, and so that's a show that will follow up on that. So we have The Mandalorian, which is going to continue on. There will be more seasons of The Mandalorian, they've said. The Book of Boba Fett set up directly at the end of, of season two of following Boba yep. Fett as the new crime Lord Ahsoka following up directly on Ahsoka's appearance on the Mandalorian. Um, and then this show Rangers of the new Republic. Okay. This I haven't heard of. Yeah. So people aren't really sure about it because it's just called Rangers of the new Republic. And the belief is that this was going to be, um, was going to go on with Gina Carano's character. Um, along with possibly the the X wing pilots we see in the Mandalorian or some other figures, that they would be the sort of adventure. Dave Filoni was going to take a full time acting job. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because isn't sure. that the joke that he didn't really want to do that? Yeah. Um, but honestly, if you were making Star Wars, wouldn't you make yourself an X wing pilot just once? Well, yeah. Wouldn't you? Like, yeah. absolutely. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I didn't. I don't. I don't buy it that he was. Uh, he was unhappy about being definitely not being put in, in that in that seat. Um, literally. But so it's it falls within the timeline of the Mandalorian. Um, people aren't really sure what the focus of it is going to be, but it was thought that this would be the vehicle for Gina Carano's character from the Mandalorian mm-hmm. to follow her character. Who, to to be honest, they didn't really do much with in season two. Yeah, I mean, you saw her a little bit. But a little not, bit, you know. and then... 
but you know, if you could have a if you could have a series where maybe um, um, Migs Mayfield could could come back and have some more stories. I mean, I think there's enough. They've introduced enough ancillary characters in the Mandalorian universe. Sure, that you could to launch a spinoff off from. Um, I don't know what's well, going to go That's kind of the the impression that I got at the beginning of season two was, oh, okay, I see what's happening. We're not yeah. going to get very we're not going to get very much of uh, Gina Carano or Migs Mayfeld. Who's that? Bill Burr's character. Oh no no no! I was thinking of um, think of the actor's name. Punchy McPuncherson. What are <laughs> <I>? <laughs> uh, the one who's there with Gina Carano on. Oh Mando's yeah 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 from, from season one from yeah yeah where he's like he's, he calls him man Carl Weathers yeah Carl Weathers character did he play a boxer at some point why am I thinking he was a boxer I don't know I don't know um but yeah so and people aren't really sure I mean you know what do you do with, I mean if that was going to be Gina Carano's show then it's not it's not going to be now obviously <laughs> but um, because because Disney is run by idiots <laughs> but that's another announced. Spinoff, so that's at least three shows spinning directly off of the Mandalorian's live-action universe. There's another, there's a live-action show they've announced called Andor. Yeah. It's going to follow the... He was in Rocky. He, he was, was one in of a the... bunch of the Rockies. Gotcha. He was, what, was he... Well, yeah, was he... Um... Apollo Creed. Yeah, he was Apollo. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was in better shape then. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to... St- <laughs> anyway. Uh, sorry, um, Carl Weathers. So the character of Cassian Andor, the rebel spy from Rogue One, um, yep. there'll be a show following him called oh, Andor. I had, yep, yep. I had heard about that. Yeah. And a show that that I don't really, I mean, it, it, another live action show, um, but it's going to be called The Acolyte. And there's a lot of mystery surrounding this because supposedly it takes place during the era, called, the era of Star Wars called the High Republic, which is a new thing. It's a Disney thing. It's and it, and I honestly the thought was that the High Republic would be exclusively for the literary publishing arm of of Lucasfilm. There would be a place for for books to follow, and the High Republic takes place a couple hundred years before um, the Galactic Civil War, the Battle of Yavin. Okay, and it's it's supposed to be like the Jedi Order at its height, the Jedi Order at its most pure the jedi order at its most um superhero like where the jedi are, are the good guys and there's before no, there's no shades of gray there's no um corruption there's no they haven't gone off on, on the wrong path yet you know it's the jedi they haven't gotten gotten lazy yeah like the jedi order like the, at its like shining gle- that, gleaming height that jedi council that we saw we all saw yeah. in in uh episodes um one, two, and three where yeah. they were they were kind of like like they're depicted as this is the jedi having gone off down the wrong path and so it's like, well, the High Republic, we're gonna, this is going to be the period where the Jedi were at its height. And so there's a series of, there's already a couple books that have come out. There's a whole publishing push for books and stories set in the High Republic. And it features like a younger Yoda because he's alive in that period of time. Right. He'd only be 700 years but old. But the thought would be, that, the thought originally, <laughs> the belief originally is this is just, this is just so that the book authors have a place to play. Mm-hmm. They can do what they want without it really impacting what's going on in, in movies and stories, and they're not as shackled and, and all that. But now they have a show called The Acolyte, which which is is described as taking place in the 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 closing days of the High Republic. I was so going to say, why would why would you that limit era. that just to just to the writers? Why would well you... because because there's something to be said about getting to create your own stories without worrying about what you're doing to the to the canon of the pub, of the um the film and television. Well, that's why they're are. setting it at, at the at the end of the High Republic, so Perhaps, they have yeah. all of the the rest of the High but Republic to play with. But it, that's the only it. the only sort of um, 
film or television project that that seems to be touching on that era. So okay. that's kind of it's kind of unique in that way. And there's a lot we don't know about it. Um, there's a series of animated shows. So there was you mentioned Clone Wars earlier, mm-hmm. and then we mentioned Rebels. There's a show um, called so you know they they went back to Clone Wars and did the final season like years later. They just last year. Sure. They there was a, a last season of the Clone Wars that was planned when the Disney purchase happened. They'd written the stories, they had storyboards, several arcs planned out. And over the year and that season was never made and over the years a number of those stories were kind of explained in convention panels and other things or so like this is what would have had cuz like cuz they thought they weren't going to get a chance to do well, it. Yeah, and for instance there's there's books that touch on events that happened in those scripts, you know, mm-hmm. and so they explain like this is what kind of happened with Ahsoka and that's why when we pick up with the Ahsoka book, it references this thing that you never saw because these are scripts we had already written. Why and why didn't they get to make that final season the, the originally? Disney purchased Star Wars and they stopped the Clone Wars. Started they make, started making their own show called Star Wars Rebels. Oh, okay. Essentially, that's what happened. Okay. And and the create and the guy, Dave Filoni, the guy that that was under George Lucas on Clone Wars Rebels, was his baby. Mm. So he brought a lot of Clone Wars story threads forward into Rebels. A lot of them, several characters, several story threads, just kind of pulled them forward in time and followed up on them. Well, one of those, and so they went back last year and made that last season. It's five years later? Something like wow. that. Wow. And they made, and not the full season, they made like three story arcs. Okay. Of series, like 10, 12 episodes, something like that. Um, one of them followed Ahsoka having, when, after she left the Jedi Order. One of them followed uh, a squadron of clone troopers called the Bad Batch, uh, which is kind of like an A-team in the Clone Wars. Um <laughs> And then one of them followed uh, the Siege of Mandalore. It followed Ahsoka um, going to liberate Mandalore from Darth Maul, which is a major story that was never actually depicted. Wait, Darth Maul, the guy that got cut in half by Liam Neeson's? Yeah, he he lived. <laughs> no, I know. He's got like <laughs> he's got like spider robot legs or something, at right? Fir- at first, and then he just has regular metal. Then legs. he just has regular yeah. metal legs. Okay. Um. So and he, he his story. He, there's a ton of Darth Maul stuff in all the animated shows. He's he's a he's he even a, he even he's, shows he's a, up he's in a, the, he's a fan favorite character. He showed up in the the new the end of Lego, Sol- the end of the Lego holiday and the special. end of Solo. He had that appearance too. He was in Solo. The the very end. The, he, he came he came up. Uh, um, oh yeah, at the yeah, very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, okay. He. Uh, That's right. Teleported it. What do they call the um, um, the hyperspace communications? Yeah, the holograms. Yeah, he, yeah. Holo- he hologrammed. He hologrammed it. it. Yeah, because I remember and showed his lightsaber. So there was a lightsaber in that Star Wars movie, but they just got it in right under the wire. No, I, rem- I remember when we watched that. I had to, I had to pause it and turn to Allison and say, "Oh yeah, he's still alive." Yeah, right. By the way, she was like, "Wait, what?" It's like the worst kept secret. But um, no, they explored that in in Clone Wars, right? Yeah, they do. You actually see the. Um, that's where he has the spider legs. Yeah, they explore that, and then in Rebels, you kind of see the the final parts of his story. And, um, but that's that that story arc following the Bad Batch. This this group of unique clones. Kind of the idea is that they're all clones, but there's something different about like there was some kind of genetic mutation in each of them, so they each have like a special skill. So they put them together and they call them. This is the Bad Batch of clones that we made. Okay, and so they're all super specialized and everything. So they're a team. Is is this like the Marvel? universe bleeding into the star wars universe maybe maybe a little bit (laughs) but and so there's an animated show that's a direct sequel of the clone wars following the bad batch and following those characters people at disney like see i told you it was a bad idea to put them all in the same building we got to keep them separate right right (laughs) they're starting to share ideas 
And there's actually a character from The Mandalorian that's going to be in The Bad Batch. Um, it doesn't say here, but the um, the mercenary that teams up with Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. Oh, the sharp, um, yeah. Ming-Na Wen. Yeah, yeah, Ming-Na yeah, Wen's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah she's, yeah. um, she's going to voice the character in The Bad Batch. Um, and so there's going to be a, and, and it's, it, the idea is it's, it's the same animation style, I believe as the clone wars and it's kind of following, it's like these clone war story threads carried into the beginning of the empire. So you have this batch of clones that are out there having adventures following the end of the clone wars and the beginning of the galactic empire in kind of that period of time. It's thought, I don't know if this is, there's a, there's a theory, a fan theory that it will be revealed that the Bad Batch is who rescued Grogu from the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. That that'll be a story that they tell through the Bad Batch. Okay. Is that that Jedi Temple falling and Grogu somehow being rescued, that they'll be the ones that go in and rescue him somehow. So that may be how that ties into some of the wider stuff that they're doing. There's another animated show following... Um, well, there's, a, there, there's an anthology show that's going to be... Each episode will be different. Each episode is being produced by like a pop, a leading anime studio. So okay. it'll be a series of different animation styles. Each episode will be its own kind of style, but it's it's in the vein of anime, and so they'll all it'll be sort of an anthology show in that way. Um, and then there's the Rogue Squadron movie. There is the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yeah, that we've heard about previously. What's what's happening with that? Is that actually happening? Well, I think that's I think that that's. <laughs> That's one of the one of the things they've made more progress on because we're seeing all sorts of rumors start to circulate about it and what's going to happen. Um, Ewan McGregor coming back to play Obi Wan Kenobi. Yep. And... Um, in the period of time after, um, after Revenge of the Sith and prior to A New Hope, when he's apparently he's not just on Tatooine during that time. He he doesn't. Uh... Supposedly there will be there will be adventures where he goes on and off Tatooine. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, it would be a pretty boring show. Supposedly, they're going to bring Hayden Christensen back and put him in the Darth Vader suit, and they're going to have some kind of altercation or interaction. Interesting. Yeah, which I don't know how that fits in with them meeting in A New Hope, how they'll manage that. But supposedly, they're going to do that. And they're made, they may do flashbacks with Hayden and Ewan back to the Clone Wars days, like some kind of flat film flashbacks with them yeah. that are in live action. Um, so that's, that's a possibility. But well, one thing that, we do know is probably what... The, what, what more people are interested in than anything else. It's yeah. a Obi-Wan Kenobi show. What, whatever adventures he, he goes on mm-hmm. in during that time period, they're really, really stressful because they age him a whole heck of a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Mace Windu survived and comes after Obi-Wan Kenobi and blasts him with force lightning and changes his and ages his face. That's good. That's maybe a good that's one. what happens. So, so Mace Windu... Yeah. Who we last saw falling out of a window without his on hands. a high building without his hands. He was missing his hands, both of them. Yeah, doesn't doesn't um doesn't Anakin take both his hands and then blast him out the window? And that how um the Emperor is able to Palpatine is able to blast him with the lightning is that Anakin, Anakin swings his take takes both his hands off. I I missed that part. I just remember sure. him, him getting blown because, out the window. Because he's got his lightsaber. But he was all charged up with force lightning when that happened. So well, you're, you're... Palpatine is force lightning him. Yeah, yeah. Lightning him. <laughs> force and lightning him. And Mace has his lightsaber. What happened to you? Blocking I've it been force enlightened. And overpowering it. And I believe that Anakin cuts both his hands off to take away his defense. And then Palpatine blasts him with the force ah, and throws okay. him out, out the window. You're probably right. Yeah. So he's out there without his hands and... All force lightning did 
So what does he shoot, to, shoot the force lightning out to age Obi-Wan his feet? I don't know. If if Darth Maul can walk around, then Mace Windu can force <laughs> lightning. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, he's probably dead. But anyway. Um, so the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, that's a huge one when it when it comes. And then there's a couple more animated shows. There's a show following Lando Calrissian. Uh, I think they're just calling it Lando. Is that so, going to be with Donald Glover? I think it's going to be with both of them in different. They they, they somehow it's going to involve them both. Oh, it may cool. tell it may tell stories from different parts of Lando's life, um, or it may be a thing where um, Carl Weathers is starts out the episode narrating, narrating or uh, sorry, Billy D. Williams starts out the show narrating, <laughs> and there's a lot a lot a lot of shows we're talking about. So Billy D. Williams starts out the show narrating, and then Donald Glover comes in and is the voice of you know for the bulk of the episode, something like right. that. That makes you sense, know, like a yeah. How I Met Your Mother kind of thing. <laughs> um, but but Ted's already an adult. Why does he have a different voice? Because well, he turns into Bob Saget. So Mace Windu shows up with Force Lightning's <laughs> Ted and turns him into Bob Saget. And we. <laughs> And then there's another show. There's a, they think it's um, more of a, an early childhood show called A Droid Story. It'll follow R two D two and C three PO and other droids. They think it's more of a young child kind of yeah. animated show, um, taking the place of, of Star Wars Resistance. And so, I think that's all the projects they've announced for Star Wars. There may that's be some more in the mix that I'm overlooking, but yikes! There's there's a lot of and Lucasfilm has other stuff going on. I think there's another um, there's another. Um, Indiana Jones movie they're going to work on or they're going to do a Willow um, project as well but a droid story Visions Bad Batch Lando the Acolyte Andor New Rep- uh, Rangers of the New Republic Ahsoka Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mandalorian I mean and then Taika Waititi has some Star Wars movies that are still unannounced that he's apparently going to be in charge of the Rogue Squadron movie um, that they've already announced that now, Pat, he... Patty, Patty Jenkins is creating did he get put in charge of the movies that they were going to give to um the destructor ryan johnson well i don't i don't know that those movies are off the table there's there's some rumors going around that ryan johnson's movies are still on the table with ryan johnson involved yeah why would they do that well i think they took away the movies they were going to give um to wise and benioff after after game of thrones was they, oh thrones. that's what it was I think they, they took those off the table okay i think the ryan johnson movies are still on the table and oh, i let's i hope not I mean, it, <laughs> if we could create a low Republic era and let that be ah. Ryan Johnson's era ah. where he can only tell stories in that one era that don't impact the rest of the wider canon, I'm happy to let him work on Star Wars. But if he's going to muck around in, in the in the put him in, canon in a that, bottle in, in canon that I care about then, and cork it shut. Yeah. 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 I just. Even my friends that really like the Last Jedi have turned on it over time. I had a number of friends in the beginning who were defending it. Well, yeah, like, because the like, whole the newness of it wore off. Yeah, and they got to see it for over what it was. T- over time, they still turn around and like and like. I don't know. I mean, the you know the the prequels have aged well. There's a whole generation that grew up with the prequels that love them now. Yeah, and there's a whole you know there's tons of memes surrounding the prequels and like. You know, it's it's almost like if the memes last long enough, then you develop a, a nostalgia for the original product. So there, so the prequels are remembered fondly now, whereas at first they were kind of derided. But there's a whole generation now. The first one's still pretty bad, fondly. but they do get better. Yeah, and and there's a whole generation that grew up with those that really regards them well now. 
Oh yeah. So I imagine there'll be a generation that like my regards, sister's kids. Yeah. Like those are their Star Wars. I mean, like we were talking yeah, about before. I imagine there will be. There's a generation that that for them the the sequel movies will be their what they're nostalgic mm-hmm. for. It's just I'm never. That's never going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've waited long enough to have kids that that won't be my kids either. So I never have to have that crap in my house. You know. So <laughs> that's really. <laughs> I mean, with all these good shows coming out, maybe it's time that I go ahead and get a few on the scoreboard. <laughs> maybe this is the time to really bring some kids into the mix. But <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great Star Wars coming. I think that this sort of gap with the movies, that this sort of rest period with the the release of the movies that they were throwing out there has been good. Hopefully, future movies are, um you know, more in the vein of say rogue one than they are in the vein of the last Jedi, or, you know, maybe there's a certain amount, there's a certain weight of prior Canon that the movies can come out from under and kind of have a little more flexibility. Um, but star Wars television is what I'm really interested in now. You know, that that's, that's where, um, just seeing what's been done with the Mandalorian, I've got a lot more, um, hope for star Wars television than I do. And than I have had for the movies previously. They have, they have laid, quite the solid, solid foundation solid groundwork oh yeah i mean if you i mean imagine john favre walking around out there who launched the mcu and imagine if he gets to then launch this whole star wars interconnected television universe that people universally love like what do you do after that like what's left for you to accomplish really yeah. you know um but yeah, yeah. They, just, they just need to figure out how to stop firing people who have different opinions than them yes they do yeah they do and then they they've do. got they've got it at 100 percent yeah, exactly. I mean, that, what do they call it? The volume where they film? Yeah. The thing that's nothing but screens? Yeah. It's like a dome that's and, nothing and, but screens? And they built several more of them. And they developed it. Well, they built a new one for the second season that was even bigger. Yeah. But, like... Apparently, it really speeds up their filming process, too. Well, they don't ever have to go on location anymore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we want to film in the desert? <laughs> and honestly, there were only... There Type were, in desert, there were only There were only a few <laughs> shots in that season of The Mandalorian that I thought looked a little... Um, for the most part, I, I, there were only a few shots where I looked and I thought, like, that doesn't look quite right. There's, there's some shot in one of the early episodes where you're seeing... Clearly, it's film of the volume, and you're seeing... Um, the ship parked, and I think Mando walking down the ramp off of the ship, and it's at an, it's just at an angle and a distance where you, it doesn't look quite right. Yeah, it looks a little too CGI. Okay, um, but for the most part, I I didn't, I wasn't taken out of the storytelling by the new techniques. You know, the ninety eight percent of the time, you know, so not, apparently it's a very effective technology. Not knowing how they did it, yeah, I assumed they actually went and filmed in the desert, yeah. in the forest, in the mountains, mm-hmm. you know. On the in in some icy lake area, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they didn't they didn't do any of it. They didn't go anywhere. They stayed they stayed on the on the uh, the on the on the lot on the lot. Now I imagine it's kind of like you know when that's CG, crazy when CGI and green screen first came along, and then Lucas did the prequels and did way too much of it. Right. You know, I wonder if the, with that technology, if they get to the point where it's like that's too much. But they <laughs> even break it up a little bit. They talk about how how much it's different from green screen it is it very it very much is how they're they're able they don't even have to bother with lighting because well, the, the, the volume lights itself well just the difference between when the very first trailer for the force awakens came out and having the last new star wars you saw was heavily cg it's it's, it's all clone trooper cg stuff and then you see the first trailer of the force awakens and you see that shot 
where the stormtroopers are coming down in the dropship. Yeah. You're just seeing the lights go over their helmets. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like those are actual helmets. Yep. They're actually filming that. Yeah. Like those are actual practical helmets. And realizing like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is Star Wars in an in, in a new era. You know, this is a new era of filmmaking where we're pulling where we've now, you know, we've pulled back from all of the CGI, all of the green screens, and now it's like, let's have a few more practical effects because we can tell the difference now. Well, thematically... Just seeing that one trailer and seeing a few shots where you're like, oh, that's actually people wearing the actual helmets. That's different. You know, this is a new era. In a way, it made sense for them to do it the way that they did it with the prequels because yeah. that was back at the height of the Empire and when the, everything the, was shiny and the, new. The scale of it, too. Well, the, the scale, scale of it, The scale but, of it was, was massive. But starting with... A New Hope mm-hmm. and moving forward, yeah, especially the new sequels, yeah. where it's what 30 years after mm-hmm. everything's even more worn out and dirty and beaten down and rusty, yeah. right? Yeah, so you 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 have to do it practically. It's interesting to look you at you can't like, make you can't make that stuff it's look right it's in CGI. Whereas if yeah. it's just if it's everything's brand new and shiny and perfect, yeah, you may as well just do it all in a Things computer. Are a little too shiny, yeah. Um, it's interesting to look at the original trilogy and see like oh how they did it then oh they made they made miniature models and they blew up little explosions behind them and they filmed mm-hmm. that put a star field behind it and and then you look at the prequels and it's like okay so it's all on a computer all of it gotcha yeah. understood it's like actually you and, it's not you and McGregor in front of a green screen and then everything else is <laughs> a lot of afterwards I just found this out a lot of the uh, the prequel stuff was miniatures oh still was yeah interesting. Yeah, it wasn't all CGI as as you, we've been led to believe. But then you look at the sequels, and it's like, oh, here's Disney with a billion dollars to but spend it's so, time having helmets made and <laughs> filming them. <laughs> it's so high. The, those prequels are so highly polished. It doesn't matter yeah. that some of it was actually practical effects because you yeah. can't tell. Not at all. It all looks fake. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, I mean, maybe not even at the time, but now it does. Now it does. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's too. I'm curious if, if too the, shiny if, and if, too perfect. If the volumes, I mean, ten years, does that look really dated and fake? I don't know I that don't it know. will. I don't think it will. I think it's too good. Yeah. I think we've we've crossed that threshold. I imagine we're approaching just... a point where like we're like it'll be beamed directly into our brains and then we're like, oh, you used to watch on a screen? Right. Yeah. That's so outdated. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, a lot of great, you know, there's a lot of there's finally some really great Star Wars that seems to be universally beloved across parts of the fan base. Everybody seems to like the Mandalorian and they they're hopeful about it. And hopefully this is we're heading into an era where like everything that comes out the Star Wars doesn't upset some part of the fan base or another. You know, there's a lot of great stuff coming, a lot of reason to um, to enjoy enjoy the fandom again. And so I didn't feel that way, you know, maybe three years ago. Yeah. But here we are. So. Yeah, no. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have really turned things around. Yeah, thank you for making the galaxy far, far away a place I want to go back to again. Well, Michael, thank you for... Mike, thanks for having me. Always love doing the show with you. Coming and doing the big Star Wars update. Absolutely. I feel like I this is like my fourth or fifth Star Wars update episode where we just come in and talk about Star Wars forever. Hey, if they're going to keep developing this much stuff, we're going to have to keep doing this to Absolutely. stay on top of it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Stop looking at my horde corner. I'm just... There's... <laughs> I noticed you're describing it like there's only one. There's several corners in this room. But you alone. keep looking at that one over there. I look there. at that one, I look at that one, I look over there. I suppose you're making progress. I am. I mean, you've kicked a whole host out of the studio, so. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't even know why I have that chair anymore, except for for the for the puppet, right, Mister McGiblets. Yeah, Mister McGiblets. Mm. <laughs> we need to come up with a Mister McGiblets voice and put a microphone in front of him. Could at least do one of those. Put the microphone in front of him so it looks have, like have, he's participating. And I'll, I'll come up with a Mister McGiblets voice, and he'll just chime in every now and then with really inappropriate jokes. How long do you think it'll be until somebody on Zoom notices that that microphone isn't doesn't have a cord plugged into it? Is is there Zoom? <laughs> is there? Well, that's the zoom camera some hosts are still zooming in yeah yeah gotcha. well the ones that don't live here ah good point good point <laughs> you know like lisa who a couple of weeks ago said who's who's your googly-eyed little friend over there <laughs> <laughs> you know she was asking that question from uh california yeah so so am i to understand that now that kevin is part of the guest host rotation kevin doesn't come up with kevin questions anymore uh that appears to be the case based on the last several weeks kevin i know you're out there i know you're listening kevin kevin listen (laughs) the kevin question segment is a cornerstone of the nerdberger empire we depend on you to come up with these bs questions that don't matter we depend on you to come up with them so that at the end of the show we have a palate cleanser in between the main topic and the final closing music and and I understand that you've been called up to the show. I understand that you've been you're 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 part of the dance now. I get it. I get it, man. I was there too one time. <laughs> That's right. You but were. You, but you can't you can't just let go of what you've built up until you can't let go of what brought you to the show. So the next time I'm back here, I expect oh a, a solid, well conceived, stupid Kevin question. Uber BS to help us close Kevin out question. the episode. I I I, I expect that you will answer the call and you will <laughs> and you will come through us once again my fellow guest host brother kevin we need you we need you kevin hashtag we need kevin questions <laughs> hashtag where's kevin hashtag where's kevin that's right <laughs> i gotta speaking of which i have to send out a scheduling email <laughs> That's how the sausage is made around here, listeners. <laughs> it's already April 10th. How do, we, how do we close out the show without a Kevin question? I don't know. How do, yeah. how do you land the plane? Well, we need an outro. We need an outro. We need an outro. Did you write one while you were talking? No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. Um, on the next episode of Nerd Burger. Well, you got to wait until the, the actual... Or are you giving me a dry run here? I mean, here's a dry run. On okay. the next episode of Nerd Burger... Mike, where can they find us? Michael, they can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us, Kevin, ner- <laughs> nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Email your Kevin questions, Kevin, to nerdburgershow at gmail.com. <laughs> and email your anything else from anyone else on any topic else to nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Protonmail.com, not Gmail, because Google is dumb. On the next episode of Nerdburger. Kevin or Larry or somebody finds Michael buried under a pile of crap in the corner of the Nerdburger studio, having not had a chance to, to pee or eat or drink water since the prior episode. <laughs> on, the ep- on, the, on the episode of Nerdburger, after that, Craig is discovered in a similar pile in a different corner. <laughs> Many questions are answered. Like the Roach Motel. Guests host guest hosts check in, but they don't check out. Guests hosts, please send help. <laughs>
What are you doing taking your headphones off? You don't get to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, that was a fun episode. Well, thank you. No problem. Might have cut that into two episodes. I don't know. <laughs> um, Her name wasn't Tiffany, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Was she a hairdresser, a well, stripper, it, it, or a it redhead? Was, it, was no, she was it, it was Danica. No, she was she was. Well, a now I can't use this. <laughs> We'll bleep that out. I mean, her name was Danica, but I feel like that's that's in the vein of Tiffany. I mean, the girl I'm with now, she's firm. She's firmly in that low wife zone down there. She she's near unicorn. She's in, she's, in, she's close, but she's wow. still in the wife zone. That that's that's the that's the sweet spot right there. Way to go! I know, right? <laughs> Finally got it right, y'all. Not last night. Got lucky. Last night, uh, about a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a year and a few weeks ago. A year and a, a, year and a little bit ago, yeah. Yeah, a year and a little bit ago. Mm. Funny story about the name Danica. Yeah. So, um, first time I ever uh, saw that name was, uh, is it McKellar? Danica yeah. McKellar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Winnie? Um, the, Wonder from, uh, the Wonder Years, yeah. Yep. And uh, because I went my entire non-adult life with mild dyslexia yeah <laughs> undiagnosed yeah i thought her name was dancia oh my god <laughs> I, f- you not. I want to say it's close but it's really not i mean it's really not that close no it's just flipping the i and the c that's a very significant i and c flip though i'm like what the hell kind of name is dancia <laughs> and i read it literally every week yeah. On TV yeah. for years wow. and never noticed. So you were a weekly was... watcher of the Wonder Years. Yeah. See, see, for... I watched it when it was on. See, when I watched the Wonder Years, it was, it was binge style. It was all the uh, way through. Okay. All the way through. How did it hold up uh, as a binging show well, when I re- it was created in, in a non-binge environment? It held up pretty well. Okay. It did. Yeah, I thought, um, it, I, I would think that it would. I mean, I remember when it was a, re- when it was a regular show when I was a kid. I was, I was a little young for it, but I was, you know... I'd see it on TV. Were you? But were I never, you more I never, I never, pro- I never of, uh, properly watched the show. The until... younger Savage and his show. Yeah, girl meets I, I was, boy. I was more a boy, boy meets, meets world. girl. Boy meets world. I was more boy meets world. That was okay. more my generation. Yeah, <laughs> I was close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I would have gotten there if you hadn't I'm, jumped I'm, in. How mild is that dyslexia? <laughs> <laughs> mild to medium, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>